work. Um, okay. Yeah. And how how long have you been living in King of Prussia? Um, I think we moved there. I want to say, um, like twenty thirteen. Okay. So, All right. Yes, yeah, like the summer of twenty thirteen. Summer of twenty thirteen. Yeah. Very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Punk Rock Barbershop, coming to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also known as Marion Anderson City. And at the Punk Rock Barbershop, I chat with black artists and black creatives about their origin story, their career trajectory, with a specific focus on the white artists that have influenced them, how they feel about those influences, and how all of these elements inform the person that they are today. As always, I am your host, Michael Robertson Reed, and uh, I'm very excited about today's episode. I have a uh, a young man uh, in the studio today who I kind of sort of know a little bit. We we sort of work together uh, maybe for like two days, um, you know, but that's neither here nor there. So... So, I've got a guest here today. Guest, can you please tell us who you are? Yeah, uh, my name is Tony Tolbert. Um, I, uh, I'm from the South, but uh, I've lived in the Philadelphia area for about 10 years now. So, Excellent, excellent. And yeah, so it's, so it's kind of uh, an interesting story of how we know each other. I used to work for a nonprofit. You are an AmeriCorps member uh, working as a sports-based youth development coach yeah. for that nonprofit. So, yeah. so I think we interacted over the course of like five days. <laughs> yeah. Um, like one day was an orientation session, and mm-hmm. the other day was like a training. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, due to some circumstances beyond my control, I don't work for that nonprofit okay. anymore. Um, but you're you're still you're still a coach there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, can you tell the the good people what uh, what sport you are coaching? Um, I coach wrestling, so I coach um, like high school and uh, youth wrestling. Very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, we can we can dive right in and get started with some things. So so we'll kind of um, well so uh, we'll we'll kind of go into your your origin story. So mm-hmm. where are you from? You mentioned that you were from the South. Yeah. So um, I was born in Kentucky. Um, you know, I uh, I was born in like a very small town and like literally the middle of Kentucky, like okay. right in the heart of Kentucky. Smack dab in yeah, the middle. Yeah, right smack dab in the middle of Kentucky. Um, it's called Lebanon. And uh, yeah, it's like, I think it's like two hours each way from Louisville and uh, Lexington. Okay. But um, my family, uh, my mom's side of the family is mostly from uh, Louisville. So okay. um, back in the 90s, my... Um, my dad was a athletic trainer mm-hmm. at University of Louisville, and okay. um, my mom was a um, she worked at a news station there. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, and so then what, um, what did she do at the news station? Uh, she was a camera operator. Oh, that's very yeah, cool. So, very yeah, cool. And like yeah, she would like uh, like take me to work all the time. Nice. And, like, let me like see the studio, like how yeah. everything works, and that's kind of where I developed my passion for like uh, like filmmaking mm-hmm. and like uh, like photography. Like I do photography now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's just where my passion came from. And um, so I think like the summer before um, I went into second grade, uh, we moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Gotcha. And so my dad got a, um assistant coaching job at the uh, uh, 
the university university of tennessee chattanooga okay and like he was a wrestling coach there okay and um my mom became a police officer for the campus mm, mm-hmm. so okay you know, like that that's where uh, my brothers and i started wrestling gotcha so, gotcha um yes like i was in second grade uh, my middle brother was in fifth grade and our oldest brother was a freshman in high school mm-hmm. like we all started wrestling like literally the same year okay so, okay um you know my dad he's uh originally from the scranton area oh yeah so yeah. he um he has uh, two brothers and two sisters and um, he and his two brothers wrestled. Okay. And so like they wrestled, ran track and played football. So gotcha. Okay. Come, yeah. yeah. I come from a pretty athletic family. Yeah. Super, so. super athletic family. Um, so like, so I don't really know anything about like actual real wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know like WWF wrestling, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I played a little bit of high school football and I've, I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been a, pretty tall person like I the height that I am now you know I'm 6'3 I've been this tall since I was like 14 or 15 years old so I was always a foot taller Mm -hmm. than everyone and one of our football coaches asked me to try out for the wrestling team like Mm -hmm. he he felt that since I was tall and I had long arms yeah I would be a good wrestler never tried out for the team never Mm -hmm. like did it never you know didn't do any wrestling so like but the you know the reason why I'm asking that so are there is it like are there like weight classes yeah. and like yeah like kind of explain how the sport of of wrestling works yeah so um yeah it's similar to like for anyone who knows like uh, like MMA or boxing like yeah like there's there's weight classes there's um you know we we call them matches not games okay so, all right um, yeah that makes yeah sense. so um. Yeah, so there, there's uh, three. and what what are the weight? Yeah, what are the weight classes? Um, oof, like it, it really depends. Okay, on, like, the, the so uh, so let's say that like someone's like in high school, like yeah. they're you know they're, they're freshman through senior. Is it, mm-hmm. it is it like there's a certain type of weight class for like elementary school kids, then a different type for middle school, yeah. then a different type for high school? Yeah, like literally every single level, like there's different weight classes. Okay, okay. So if uh, if you're a freshman in high school, like what are the weight classes that you could reasonably expect? Um. Well, when I was in high school, like they've changed, like honestly, mm-hmm. they change like okay. every couple of years. So okay. but when I was in high school, it was like, um, like 103, 112, 119, 125, 130, 135, uh, 140, 145, 152, 160, 171, 189, 215, and heavyweight, which is, um, I think, like 285 and above. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And so then I, I would imagine similar to boxing, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the people that are 152, like they wrestle each other and then the 175s yeah. wrestle each other yeah. in the 200s. And yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so... So, you know, kind of uh, explain, you know, tell the people that are listening, you know, so, uh, you know, like, like what, what was your childhood like, you know, both in Kentucky and mm-hmm. then in Tennessee? You know, I mean, like what, you know, what was the, what'd you do uh, when you were a kid? What was the family dynamic? You know, what were the big experiences? Um, Well, I, I come from like a very like country family, like in the South. So. Gotcha. But, gotcha. um. I kind of had the best of both worlds because like my, my family in the South, like, you know, like we were poor, but like my, uh, my dad's side of the family, like they were like a little more middle-class, Okay. Right? but, um, I mean, they weren't like middle-class, but like they were more towards middle-class, like they weren't like as poor as my mom's family. Gotcha. So, um, and so, and so when you, when you talk about like being poor in the South, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, 
I haven't really. It's I lived in Atlanta for six months, but yeah. I mean, at this point, like like Atlanta is just so full of northern transplants. <laughs> yeah. It's not really right. like the South, right. and I mean, it's just yeah. you know, it's a major city. It's a oh, major yeah, city sure. with. Uh, I mean, and there were some uh, some like country parts like northwest oh, yeah, Atlanta. Sure. You know, it's like lots of trailers. Yeah, like like the outskirts of Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, was it like a thing of like, um. You know, like you like were at a town, like there was a town of like dirt roads, and you're just like, oh, living yeah. like big Definitely. farm, just like yeah, for just sure, land everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There like a lot of farms, a lot of uh, like I've never ridden a horse, mm-hmm. but like I've I've I like see a horse like literally every day. Okay, so, all right, all right. And so like, we're talking like country. It's, oh it's yeah, not and like common to see I horses. swear to God, like people would ride like tractors through the city like regular cars. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the um. Uh, and so did you did you live in uh, Lebanon, Kentucky? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wh- and as far as you can remember, I mean, like, what's the like, what's the racial breakdown? Is it like 50 50 black white? Is it like um, uh, is was was there a noticeable black community? Yeah. Or was it like uh, just a few? people? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was like a noticeable like okay. number of black people that lived mm-hmm. there. So was it enough that like you all could sort of be self-contained and like only interact with black folk yeah. if you wanted to yeah yeah okay for sure yeah. and uh and so when you were growing up i mean like did you did you have any contact with white people or oh, non-black yeah. people yeah like honestly like like even in like as small as small as the uh, town was mm-hmm. like um like i had friends of like different like all different races yeah like um you know like uh well not in that well in that town it was more like black white and hispanic gotcha. but like once i when i grew up in uh, louisville like it was like more like like Asian, Indian, like, mm-hmm. like it was a little more diverse. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, also, when I moved to uh, Kentucky, it's like I do. Like I had friends who were like Hispanic. I had friends who were Indian. I have had friends who were Asian. So you know, like I um I had a pretty diverse um group of friends growing up. Okay. Yeah, that's very cool. It's very cool. And I know. So I don't because I feel like we maybe talked about this a little bit at the orientation when I first met you, but mm-hmm. I. I've been to I've been to um a fair number of parts of Kentucky because I did yeah. uh I was in a couple of different traveling theater troops. Mm-hmm. So, I've been to Louisville several times. Yeah. Uh, I've been to Berea cuz I like we did a performance at Berea College. I have no idea if you know where that is. Um I don't even know what part of the state <laughs> it's in. It was this was yeah, 20 years um, ago. Yeah, honestly I'm not sure either. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've been to Berea, I've been to Lexington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have a very good friend who's from a town called Hopkinsville. Yeah, Hopkinsville. Yeah, yeah Hopkinsville. which I guess is in Christian County. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I I spent a little bit of time in Kentucky. I dated a woman who was from a suburb of Louisville over on the southern Indiana okay. side. Yeah, she was from. Uh, I think she lived a little bit in. Jeffersonville, Jeffersonville, Indiana, okay. and then also New Albany. So it's like literally mm-hmm. right across yeah. the river. Um, so yeah, that's it. You know, I so I know a little bit, little bit about <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kentucky. And nice. when I was uh, when uh, I was a kid growing up, I watched a lot of college basketball because one mm-hmm. of my brothers watched a lot of college basketball. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Kentucky's you know big big college basketball. Oh yeah, for state. Sure. I used to I used to watch the Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Games. I think when Rick Pitino was the coach, you know, this is back in the late '80s. So, mm-hmm. so that that's kind of the uh, the extent of my knowledge of uh, Kentucky. And I I also think it's interesting um, because uh, you know 
like most black people, my grandparents are from the South. <laughs> yeah, of uh, course. And um, so, yeah, my mom's mom was from Richmond. Mm-hmm. And I went to high school in Virginia, but Northern Virginia. So it's not okay. really the South. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, they always say there's Virginia and then there's Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I uh, I knew a fair amount of people who had uh, like, you know, their parents had migrated up from Central or Southern Virginia and lived mm-hmm. in Northern Virginia. And I always think it's interesting when a lot of non-Southerners think that the South is just literally just full of like clans people running around <laughs> yeah. all the time, like murdering people. And I'm like, no, I mean, that's not it, it. it's like, no, no. I mean, there's and honestly, you know, I think that there's more racism in parts of the country that aren't the South because in yeah. the South, one, there's a lot of black people there. Mm-hmm. A lot. Oh, yeah. Two, black people and white people are very used to living in close proximity to each right. other in the South. Um, and my parents live in Charlotte, North Carolina now. And mm-hmm. honestly, I see black people of every persuasion in like every you know, corner of right. the the state there. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the South myself, you know? Nice. So yeah, I, I like it. Um, yeah. And, and I think people like seem to forget that, especially at this point, I mean, Especially like in North Carolina, I mean, you know, my parents are in Charlotte, so they're in a city, but like mm-hmm. there's, you know, a fair amount of different types of Asian communities there, yeah. a fair amount of Latinx communities, um, you know, like in like central Arkansas right. and a lot of like rural Georgia. There's like a oh, lot, yeah. a lot of Latinx people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people seem to have this idea that, yeah, like it's all just crazy rednecks mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. and, you know, no, no more so than than anywhere else. Right. I feel like. Yeah. And so, um, all right. So, so you, so the the family didn't really have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now, was it was that apparent when you were growing up, or is it a thing that like you sort of noticed as you looked back on your life as an adult and you're like looking back on things? Um, yeah, that's um, kind of something that like I, I kind of, something I noticed right away. Mm-hmm. So okay, um, you know. Um, like a, there's like a million stereotypes that I could like bring up, you know, gotcha. as far as like, uh, you know, in the winter time when like you like turn on the oven and mm-hmm. like open mm-hmm. the door to like right. heat yeah. up the okay. house, like yeah. yeah, like that, like stuff like that, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, just yeah, it was, I mean, but like we, but like we were happy though, mm-hmm. like we weren't like, cause like we were, like in such like a small community mm-hmm. that like the outside world, like the like the uh, like Hollywood and all yeah. that stuff, like we. We we didn't really care about it. It's like we were like happy with what we had. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Yeah. And it's it, it's super interesting because, yeah, you, you hear a lot of um, stories. Like I like to read a lot of biographies and I've read mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons of stories of, yeah. you know, people really talking about whether they grew up poor or whatever. It's uh, one. Everything is normal to you if you're a kid. So mm-hmm. I feel like most kids however they grow up and however their friends grow up yeah. that's kind of how you assume the rest of the world is because it's yeah, like exactly. it's literally all that you know exactly um and then yeah when you don't really have contact with other communities i mean like you you really have no concept that people have more money right. than you or people have less money than you or... yeah that's that's exactly how it was so yeah. you know like we um um it's like even like uh some of the like I wouldn't say rich, but like kids who are like a little more fortunate than mm-hmm. us. And like when we went to school, like it's like they didn't like make a big deal of it. Yeah. So like they yeah. didn't like uh, th- there was really like no like social class. Okay. Like, where 
where I grew up yeah. in, in Kentucky. Like okay. more so like when I grew up in uh, Tennessee, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like when I was growing up in Kentucky, it's like we didn't really like have like the social classes that like you would, I don't know, I guess like see like on like TV or like, yeah. The, yeah. like stuff like that. So. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And, um, and it's one of those things where I also don't really know like how much, how much kids really notice things and like mm-hmm. how deeply they think about it because yeah. they um before I lived in Virginia we moved to Virginia when I was in 10th grade okay. before that I lived in California now the community that we lived in in Virginia it was like a super rich county mm-hmm. my family was always middle class so yeah. as far as like that county was concerned we were on like the bottom of the economic rung, right. but we were still good. I mean, yeah, you know, we had we had financial challenges, mm-hmm. but I had gone to private school most of my life, and I had two okay. brothers in college by the time I was in high school. So mm-hmm. it was the expenses of having advanced education expenses, right. not like okay. we just bought groceries, so we can't pay the bills or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I was living in California. There were like there were housing projects in not necessarily the town that I lived in, but mm-hmm. like one town over, okay. which is where I went to school. Okay. So like you would see housing projects or there would be kids at our school were like looking back on it. It seemed like they might have been on public assistance or mm-hmm. they like their family was just really in a tough spot financially. Yeah. But like I didn't really notice because uh-huh. I don't know, like just all of the differences seemed like normal and it just seemed like the variety that you would find in my town and in my school especially because since I went to yeah I mean private school pretty much from the time I started school until I like up through ninth grade Mm -hmm. there was always a mixture of middle class lower middle class some some maybe like truly financially challenged families but you just like didn't notice Mm -hmm. um and then some like fairly well-off families but it was just kind of a thing of like everyone got along with everyone so yeah Mm -hmm. it wasn't wasn't really that big a deal yeah that's uh that's kind of how it was uh in chattanooga like um like there were like some like clear like social differences but um it's like for the most part, like we like all got along like nice. pretty pretty well. I mean, That's like cool. there, I mean, there were like, um, I mean, it's the south, so mm-hmm. you know, yeah. obviously there was like sometimes there would be some tension, yeah. But um, like it's, it, it was just normal, like mm-hmm. it was just a way of life, like, yeah. Where we came from, yeah. Uh, and so how how old were you when you moved to to Chattanooga? Um, it was I think like the summer before second, like my dad had moved there the year before. Okay, but like my mom and my brothers, like we followed the year after. Like I think my dad moved there in ninety seven. Okay, and uh, we moved there in ninety eight. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. And and you said you were like around second grade. Yeah, I was like uh, I was going into second grade. Okay. Okay. So 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 Chattanooga is like really where you like grew up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah that, that's, that's where a lot of the formative experiences yeah, so. were. Okay. And so then so so kind of like walk me through how you get involved in actually doing wrestling as a sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, well, it depends like what age you start at. Um, my brother like. Well, the oldest one, since he was in already in high school, like mm-hmm. he just went right into like the varsity like team. Okay. And so, but my uh, my uh, brother, my middle brother, and I like we were in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So, like first we have to, um, you know, like our uh, our elementary schools didn't have a wrestling team, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So like we we had to do like club. So like we did um, 
you know, like the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, like they had like a like a youth club that like we wrestled for. Okay. So. Okay. And what what age were you when you started doing that? Like what like what grade were you? Um, I was in second grade. My brother was in fifth grade. Okay. So you so you actually started doing some form of organized wrestling mm-hmm. in second grade. Yeah, but um, actually before that, uh, before we got into wrestling, like we uh, we all did uh, martial arts. So, okay. Like, we uh, like growing up in Kentucky, like my dad had us do. Um, I think he had us do like uh, karate, uh, taekwondo, and judo. Nice. So okay. Yeah. So my uh, actually my dad um, he like when my dad was a coach at um, Valley Forge Military Academy, mm-hmm. he actually uh, taught judo. Oh, like, nice. He, like, he was like the yeah. wrestling coach and like he taught judo as well. Very so. cool. Yeah, I did uh, maybe a year and a half of karate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I did. I studied Shotokan. I don't okay. don't really know like what, you know, what is the uh, the unique, uh, you know, element of that yeah. style of yeah. martial arts. And the only reason I know the name is because my parents will like mention they'll be like, oh, yeah, you studied Shotokan when, when you <laughs> nice. were a kid. I mean, honestly, cause I think what happened was so when I was uh, so I'm 40. So mm-hmm. probably when I was like six or seven is when the original karate kid movie came out oh, so the nice. one with ralph macchio not the one with uh, yeah. jaden smith oh, yeah. <laughs> of um yeah so like so i mean everyone watched that when we were kids mm-hmm. so people got into it got into karate because of that and then also there were some people who came to my school so like they came from a dojo in our town and like did it like a like a sort of karate workshop like mm-hmm. during recess yeah so i think i would so i think i started taking lessons at school and then I switched from that school to a different school okay and then I started going to a dojo for a year um yeah I, I think I got to orange belt like mm-hmm. a lot of things in my childhood yeah. I was kind of sort of into it <laughs> then I wasn't into it anymore yeah. so my parents were yeah, like yeah, you, you don't you don't have to do it anymore yeah. uh did you ever like play any organized football I feel like it's impossible to live in the south <laughs> and not not play football no, especially actually, in Tennessee yeah oh yeah for sure but uh no like like my brothers and I like we never played football like they okay especially um like when we were in high school dude like they wanted us to play like especially my brother because mm-hmm. like he was bigger yeah than me but like um they wanted us to play so bad but, yeah like, we, like my dad just had us wrestle year round okay so did your parents watch any football? Oh yeah, at all? My, okay, oh, for sure. Yeah, cause I I feel like if you yeah, I feel like if you <laughs> live in the South, you definitely at least watch a lot of college. Oh yeah, football. so actually, um, well, both my parents are Steelers fans. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but well, um, well it makes because you said your dad is from Scranton. Yeah, that makes so yeah. that makes sense. Where's your mom from? Uh, she's from Kentucky. She's from okay. uh, the town that I'm from. How so. did she end up a Steelers fan? My dad probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no. But yeah. But like my dad. Um, so my dad actually turned down a uh, wrestling scholarship to Penn State to mm. um, go to uh, University of Kentucky. Okay. So yeah, like my dad was like, um, he was a three sport athlete really? at Kentucky. Yeah. So he uh, cause like at Penn State they just wanted him to wrestle, but gotcha. like he wanted to play football as well. Okay. So like he wrestled, ran track, and uh, played football at University of Kentucky. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so um, my dad, he, uh, and then the Title IX, they dropped the wrestling program. So, like, uh, after that, he got his degree from a different, um, actually, I think my mom and dad graduated the same uh, university, uh, Campbellsville University. Okay. And, um, you know, he, after that, he uh, went into the military. Okay. So, no, actually, I think, 
I think after they dropped the program, he went into the military and then um, came back and got his degree gotcha. at that university. What so. branch of the military was he? In? Uh, he was an army ranger. Oh, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's uh, told me some stories, man. But yeah, like, yeah. But honestly, I like my uh, my mom was also in the army, and my oldest brother, like uh, after his senior year of high school, he didn't wrestle in college. Mm-hmm. Um, he went right into the Marines. Whoa, um, that's, that's yeah, serious. That's hardcore, I, man. Yeah, if, uh, if I remember correctly, he was a scout sniper. Like, I could yeah, be wrong. Okay, but, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that's so, that's serious. That's, that's yeah, very so like, serious. Yeah, I come from a military family as well. Okay. So, um, But me and my middle brother, my dad wanted, like, a different life for us because, mm-hmm. like, you know, all three of them have PTSD and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, um, out of respect, like I don't ask him about like any yeah. like war stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but my dad wanted a different life for my mm-hmm. brother and I. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he wanted us to wrestle in college, gotcha. so like, w- which is what we did. Yeah. Um, uh, my middle brother went to Lock Haven, and I mm-hmm. went to Shippensburg. Okay. So PSAC right. schools. Yeah. 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 It's um. Yeah. My my dad. My dad was drafted into the army. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, my dad is um like 75 so so he was in his early 20s like during vietnam so my dad and his brother his brother was i think was drafted into the air force okay um but yeah then um you know my grandmother was able to get my uncle released you know Mm because she only had the the two kids but yeah yeah my dad and i mean my dad was relatively you know if you can say lucky because i mean i feel Mm -hmm. like you know i mean if you're if you're overseas, if you're serving, there there is some type of elevated danger. Um, oh yeah, you know, obviously, un, you yeah. know, most obvious statement ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, my dad was in communications. He was in the Signal Corps because he had a college okay. degree, so he wasn't on the front lines. Right. And and I've only really talked to him a few times mm-hmm. about it. Um, I mean, it's not really something that he brings up on a regular basis mm-hmm. um and actually the the only time we really had an extended conversation about it was i i actually interviewed him for the podcast mm, like three months ago okay and yeah and he he you know talked about it um so yeah it's uh yeah it's just like one of those things i like i can't even yeah. begin to imagine right. just like yeah. you know what what you even just like go through on a like a mm-hmm. daily basis exactly yeah yeah um, all right, so, 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 kind of walk me through how you end up being into film and video and photography. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I don't really know that journey that much about you. Um, and and honestly, I think you know when we were at institute together, and I saw you like walk around with your camera, and we yeah. had that like you know short conversation. Might have been like f- yeah, yeah. you know five minutes and you're like oh yeah you know i'm you know i'm I'm into you know i'm into f- film and video and and photography mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's like super interesting yeah, yeah so yeah so um so so like how did how did you end up being into all of that and what are you looking to do with that like are you looking to have that be a career or a hobby or like mm-hmm. you know how's that gonna fit into the grand scheme of your life yeah so um yeah like i said um when i first got into it um well, actually, like even before, my mom would take me to like news stations. Like I've, I've always just had like a like a an interest in mm-hmm. movies yeah. and stuff. You know, like how like how this shot is done, like what effects that they use to make this happen. But um, because my mom would take me to the news station, yeah. like I got even more curious yeah. about it. Um, you know, like I would I would see like the like the editing boards mm-hmm. and like 
how they would like edit and like put all the stuff together and like the cameras and the lighting and everything yeah. um and then when i uh when i moved to chattanooga like the high like uh my brothers and i we all went to uh, red bank high school okay and um there they have uh a um a broadcasting class mm, and like mm-hmm. they have like kind of a like a news thing where like they um or like during lunch like they'll like uh or not lunch but like homeroom like they'll yeah. uh like broadcast like on all the tvs in school like uh like kind of like a news setting sure yeah so um i got into that and like dude like i just fell in love mm-hmm. with it man like I, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it um like we'd make like short films like we'd um like yeah it's like the like the new stuff but yeah. And then um, from there, it's like, dude, like when I go to college, like I'm gonna study this. Yeah. Like I'm, I want to study film. I want to study, but like when I went to Shippensburg, like they didn't have a film program. Okay. So like I just got into communications and journalism. Okay. And so um, and just like from there, just like kind of snowballed to where um, like I really wanted to like like write movies and like mm-hmm. direct but yeah. but like i want to i want to be like a filmmaker like not just like not just a writer not sure. just a director right because like i kind of know like just just about everything yeah. like from directing to mm-hmm. like acting and like it's like i want to do all of it pretty yeah. much and yeah so, you you want to you want to be the writer director not not just uh yeah some some hired hand exactly. to to film someone else's story right you're, right yeah you're trying so, to generate uh, original content exactly so um yeah, and then uh, from there, you know, I just um, like I I talked to, so I've talked to some guys who've been in the industry, like mm-hmm. uh, one in particular, this guy who's a, he uh, he's actually an alumnus of uh, or alumni of Penn, like he wrestled at Penn, and like he uh, he's actually a uh, television producer now. Like oh, he's, very nice. Yeah, he's worked on like Survivor, mm-hmm. Hell's Kitchen, yeah. and stuff like that. Awesome. So, you know, I just had a, a really good conversation with him about getting into the industry and. Um, and honestly, like every person that I've talked to about the industry says, dream big, but start small. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like that, that's how I got into photography. Yeah. Like I, um, so actually my friend Nick, um, so last year he started a YouTube channel. Nice. Um, like I kind of talked him into, you know, like my like dreams, like being a filmmaker and mm-hmm. like, uh, like I want to have my own YouTube channel and everything. Um, and so he actually started a youtube channel for himself and like got a camera and like nice. just started yeah. doing like vlogs of like his workouts like yeah. his daily routine and stuff um and uh we we used to do like some funny skits like nice. we, we, yeah we, yeah we did like the like the uh, spicy noodle challenge and like, uh, like awesome. different yeah like, sour warhead challenge mm-hmm. like different mm-hmm. skits on youtube and uh um and like we want to like work together to like do like short films and yeah. stuff like that and so um, and yeah, so actually in April I got my uh, my first camera, uh, a Nikon D thirty five hundred, and because um, uh, like I uh, I'm still coaching like youth wrestling, and like mm-hmm. one of the checks that I got, like I um, spent it on the camera, right? And so like I thought it was a good investment. Yeah. I still think it's a good investment, and, um, and like I've done like photography, and like I want to start doing like short films, yeah. and so yeah, so like I'm just like working my way to mm-hmm. get my foot in the mm-hmm. door in the business. Absolutely. So. so, all right. So you're, 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 you're going to the station with your mom. You're, you're seeing the tech, you know, how the, all the, the, the technical work is done, yeah. all the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like were, so when you were a little kid, were there particular movies that caught your interest? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, we did martial arts. So like mm-hmm. a lot of the, like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan movies, okay. um, 
uh, film and, noir and would movies. You like, watch, yeah. like, would you watch the Bruce Lee movies all the way through? Oh, yeah. For okay. Because sure. so, I remember, you know, I, I've had uh, like like sort of two periods of fascination with Bruce Lee. So, mm-hmm. uh, so a, a lot of the Bruce Lee movies would come on, uh, like they would come on TV when I was, I don't know, like six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. I, I think I kind of sort of knew who Bruce Lee was. Like he was yeah. just like one of those people like, Elvis and right. the Beatles that like exactly. you knew about mm-hmm. um and so like you know I would see the movies for like 10 minutes they didn't really catch my interest mm-hmm. uh so yeah I've so I've never seen a Bruce Lee movie all the way through but then they did mm-hmm. a biopic of Bruce Lee the film Dragon which came out yeah. in 92 mm-hmm. maybe something like that 92 93 I was a freshman in high school yeah. so I went and saw that and then, you know, I was obsessed with Bruce Lee for maybe like two months mm-hmm. after that. But, you know, this is like <laughs> yeah. pre-internet era, so you couldn't oh, really, like, really find anything right, right. about him. And, you know, like, you know, and there weren't really any like Barnes and Nobles or Borders bookstores mm-hmm. or anything back yeah. then, at least that I know of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I couldn't go to like a bookstore and read stuff about Bruce mm-hmm. Lee. So, yeah, I'm so I, I'm just always like interested when people have like actually watched a Bruce Lee yeah. movie, I think there's a screening of Enter the Dragon that's happening somewhere in Philly in November. Like a, okay. a friend just sent me a uh, posting about it on yeah. Facebook, like literally yesterday, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and then the only Jackie Chan movie I've seen all the way through, because I haven't even, well, maybe I've seen the first Rush Hour movie. I mm-hmm. can't remember. Um, but. Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, that was awesome. I saw that because I remember when Quentin Tarantino first started talking about Jackie Chan. Yeah. Because I think it was like the MTV Movie Awards or something. And Mm -hmm. he gave like an award to Jackie Chan. And I was a huge, I was obsessed with Tarantino back then. Yeah, because this is right Mm -hmm. around when I'm graduating high school. Okay. And Tarantino was like the first director that like I really loved his work. Nice. Um, So he was, he was on some MTV award show talking about Jackie Chan. He was like, Jackie Chan this and Jackie Chan that and Jackie Chan that. Mm -hmm. So then sort of like three days later, unbeknownst to me, but like me and all of my friends, we were all watching that award show at Mm -hmm. our, at our houses at the same time. Time. So like three days later, we were all like, we should go see a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> and it was really just based off Quentin Tarantino's endorsement. So we mm-hmm. went to um, the like, you know, the movie theater in our town like a week later and we watched Rumble in the Bronx. Nice. And I remember watching it being like, oh, man, yeah, the the martial arts are awesome. The story mm-hmm. is completely ridiculous. The acting yeah. is horrible. Uh, but yeah, then I, you know, then I realized later I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean. Jackie Chan isn't really like an actor, you know, like he's, yeah, you know, he's yeah. a person who he's a martial arts artist, you know, he's a martial artist first and foremost. Exactly. And he's just happening, you know, like film is the new medium with which he's showing mm-hmm. his right. stuff. Yeah. So all of that to say, yeah, uh, Rumble in the Bronx, literally the only Jackie Chan movie that I've seen. Yeah. Saw it back in 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, awesome. seemed like a cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so just like uh, like uh, like martial arts movies, um, like film noir movies, mm-hmm. uh, westerns. What What were some of the film noir and some of the westerns that you were into? Um, let's see. Were, so you were were you into like the old westerns, like the John Wayne stuff, the Searchers, or like the newer, um, like uh, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, or yeah, uh, like, uh, like Outlaw probably, Josie Wales. Yeah, like probably yeah, like more of like the the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I was born in ninety one, right? So, yeah. Like, yeah, so um, yeah, and just like um, well, I mean, I watch them now. Like now that I'm older, I, yeah, I, I've 
out of curiosity, I've yeah. watched some. Like I've watched some uh, John, not John Wayne, but um, Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. uh, westerns. Yeah. Um, Have you seen I, Unforgiven? Uh, it's him, Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman. No, I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. It's okay. a really good. Yeah, and I'm I'm not really a big western mm-hmm. guy. I'm like, I mean, my parents didn't really watch him. Like, I think my grandpa was into them, mm-hmm. so I never really watched them growing up. And Clint Eastwood again was one of those people that like I always knew about as mm-hmm. a kid, but I'd never really seen a Clint Eastwood yeah. movie. But Unforgiven, I think, came out in '91 or '92. Yeah. It won a a whole bunch of Oscars. I finally mm-hmm. watched it probably like in 2000. I rented mm-hmm. it um, when I started to like really get into film, but yeah, yeah. it's great. Gene Hackman won an Oscar nice. for it. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Actually, um, I think when I was a kid, uh, Tombstone was like one of my oh, favorite yeah. Westerns. Yeah. Yeah. Like I Bell saw, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. I saw Tombstone at a, uh, a friend's birthday party in seventh grade. Nice. <laughs> my friend, Jeff Brasha. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, uh, we rented movies cause that we always did like when I was in middle school, we all, we always did sleepover parties mm-hmm. like for everyone's birthday. Yeah. And, um, my friend Jeff, his parents, uh, it was, it was a pretty fun party. Mm-hmm. Um, like they actually like rented a couple of pinball machines. So like they, oh, they nice. like they rented some pinball machines. He had pinball machines in his living room. We could play yeah. pinball all night. Wow. Yeah. And his, his dad was a cop and his dad was like into like real, like, you know, macho dude movies. So yeah. So yeah. we, my so, dad was the yeah. same. So. Okay. That's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we rented, we rented tombstone. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was whenever that was 1991 or whatever mm-hmm. all right so so tombstone was a was a big movie for you yeah and um up. yeah and so honestly like like so many different genres but um i'd have to say like probably dramas probably my least favorite but like okay. i still kind of like it um so yeah just like anything from like romantic comedy to um like space movies, I mm-hmm. love space movies. Um, yeah. So, like, what, what, like, what was some of the stuff you just like saw as a kid? Because, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I was born in 1979, <laughs> so you know, so yeah. so we have a you know a different entry, different point, eras, yeah. different eras of of movies that we you know we've watched. Yeah, you know, you're mm-hmm. like you're talking about you know like stuff that you did like in like elementary and middle school. It's like, oh mm-hmm. man, like I was like actually an adult when that happened. So yeah. yeah. So what, like what was such just some of the films you just remember seeing as a kid, you know, regardless of whether you liked them or not. Yeah. Um, oh, let me see. So, well, obviously like the, like, uh, Sylvester Stallone movies, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, mm-hmm. um, like all the big action blockbusters. Um, and I guess like some of the, some of the space movies, um, I've, I'm drawing a blank right now, but like some of the, uh, I think, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, he, he was in Toy Story. Uh, Tom Hanks? No. the Tim uh, Allen? The, yeah, Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a space, mo- uh, space movie that- um, Oh, think, Galaxy Quest? Yeah, Galaxy Quest. Awesome. Yeah. Never yeah. give up. Never <laughs> surrender. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've only seen like 30 minutes of Galaxy yeah, yeah. Quest. I used to work at a video store and we used to play it uh-huh. all the time. And my oldest brother loves that movie. Yeah. I've, I've heard it's super funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. And I think, uh, let's see, what, what other genres did I say? Um and obviously comedy movies mm-hmm. like uh, like Friday and yeah, stuff awesome. like that. So how old were you when you first saw Friday? Ah, uh, man, I had to have been like like six. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Like, did your parents rent it for you, or like, did or did like no, you no, and your brother? No, my, yeah, cause I'm well, like, that's my, uh, yeah, like my uh, like some of my, some of my uh, 
my um like country like like aunts and uncles like were awesome. pretty pretty lenient yeah so, like, yeah so like they like let uh like uh, my cousins and us like watch watch awesome. movies like that so, awesome yes yeah, so, like my my mom and dad didn't really like approve of it sure, so sure. like w- whenever we uh would go over their house like obviously like my aunts and uncles mm-hmm. like they didn't care so. yeah yeah my 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 parents were always the strictest parents yeah, for sure in the group so the the first time that my mom like knowingly let me go see a rated R movie and she my aunt had to buy the tickets but she watched the movie with us was mm-hmm. when Terminator 2 came out oh nice that was like the like that One was of the, the summer blockbuster yeah. like that was the thing I mean yeah. like it was sort of like our version of like Avengers Endgame yeah, or something exactly. like it was right, the yeah. thing that everyone watched right um yeah like the promos were were happening all the time mm-hmm. so me and my best friend Bill we went and watched it and I think you know like I asked my mom if someone could buy the tickets for us and mm-hmm. then my aunt who because I at this point I lived like near Los Angeles and I, I had okay. an aunt that lived up in like the San Francisco area, but she mm-hmm. would come down all the time. Yeah. So she was in town. So my mom's like, Oh yeah, your aunt Julia is going to buy the tickets for you. And she's like, Oh, she's going to mm-hmm. watch it. She's like, you know, she won't sit next to you. Like she'll sit a couple rows behind <laughs> okay. you, but yeah, like, you okay. know, so that was the first R rated movie that like my mom knew that I went and nice. saw. I think the first time I saw an R rated movie was, so I knew this one kid named Parker, Parker mm-hmm. Paul. And his mom like let him watch anything <laughs> so it was a sleepover party when we were in fourth grade mm-hmm. and we rented um, predator with arnold oh, schwarzenegger nice. yeah, that's a good and one. so that was like literally i think that was the first rated r movie that i saw all the way through mm-hmm. as i as i think back on it um I was hanging out with my brother once, like a little bit before this, because mm-hmm. my I have two brothers. One is seven years older than me. One's nine years older than me. So mm-hmm. they were in high school when I was in elementary school. Yeah. And um, they used to pick me up from school a lot. And, you know, like they were charged with, you know, driving me around town. And I spent, mm-hmm. you know, we spent all the, all our time together. So once uh, one of my brothers, my oldest brother, I think, was visiting a friend of his. And I think he had predator like and they were watching it at his house so i saw like 10 minutes of it yeah uh but this party was like the first time that like i saw all of it and i remember being like one i was surprised i'm like how did his mom rent this for him i'm like my parents would have never done that and then the other thing i was super nervous about was i was really nervous that when either my mom or dad picked me up from the party the next day they were Mm going to be like oh what did you all do and then i thought that (laughs) Like one of the kids or I thought Parker's mom was going to say, oh, yeah, they watch Predator and then Mm -hmm. I would be in trouble. But that never happened. And in fact, one of the kids was one of the kids at the party was like so freaked out by like what like what was happening Mm -hmm. that he actually went in Parker's bedroom during the whole time that we watched the movie (laughs) and just like didn't come out. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 Predator. I think, yeah, I think Predator was like the first R rated movie I saw. And then Mm -hmm. Terminator 2 was the first R rated movie I saw in the theater. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just like all the movies like that, but also cartoon. I was so into cartoons mm-hmm. growing up, like, um, like everything from like, I was really into uh, Japanese animation. Okay. And so, um, like when I was in, um, elementary, like, I think when I was in like, uh, like fourth and fifth grade, like, uh, Toonami was like really okay. big on yeah. Cartoon Network. Yeah. And, um, Dude, like we would like literally sprint home to watch Dragon Ball Z, like nice. literally sprint yeah. home to watch yeah. that show. Um, and yeah, just like everything from like um, like the late 90s to like the early thousands when like mm-hmm. um, 
Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, and um, Nickelodeon were yeah. like really popping. Yeah. It's so, like, dude, like that was like the best childhood ever. Like nice. even, it's like, dude, like even though like we didn't have money, like mm-hmm. my child, I gotta say my childhood was pretty great. Yeah. My yeah. childhood was awesome. Yeah, and um, one of the things that I've I've definitely at least experienced in my life is that. You know, when like when you look back on things, I mean, it's really like, you know, it's really the like the wonderful memories that like really mm-hmm. stick out. I mean, the sort of like the the day to day not fun stuff. No yeah. one ever really remembers that. Right. Um, and and then also, you know, like, you know, very much to your point of, you know, if there's if there's a lot of warmth and love in the communities and the home mm-hmm. that you're living in, yeah. the the financial stuff, I mean, it matters. But in it overall, yeah. it's it's not really something that you remember. Exactly. And and um. One of the, you know, the quotes that I, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of quotes and, and sayings in just a lot of the world around us, like, you know, mm-hmm. mindfulness and, you know, being at peace with your life. And so mm-hmm. there's this one person who always just talks about, um, uh, you know, she says, it's it's not really the things that happen to you or the things that you live through that really um cause you pain and anguish it's what people tell you about those things or what you tell yourself so you know so if so if it is the narrative of like we didn't have any money it was horrible you know i you know i hated being poor like it it was the worst thing ever it's like well then when you look back on your childhood that's going to be painful but you know but if it's like oh yeah yeah we didn't have a lot of money but like the like these things were great like the family was Mm -hmm. great the people that i grew up with you know was great Mm -hmm. then like you know that's a much different story than Oh yeah, well, you know, I had great friends, but it sucked because we had no money. So yeah. like everything was horrible. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the the everything was horrible narrative is not very empowering. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And if you're, you know, you're if you're trying to uh be an artist mm-hmm. and, you know, create art that's all about like, you know, expanding people, the mm-hmm. the disempowering narrative doesn't really help with that. Yeah. All right. So, um so what type of films are you looking to make? Yeah, like, you know, what like, you know, what kind of films do you want to make? What kind of stories do you want to write? What kind of photographs do you want to take? Um anything. Like honestly, mm-hmm. uh as far as photography, dude, like I I take my camera everywhere that I go mm-hmm. and like uh if you look at my Instagram, dude, like I I have photos of everything from flowers to the cityscape to like uh, just random people I meet in the bar mm-hmm. to like I take photos of like anything that I yeah. see that I get inspiration from anything like, that catches like, your yeah, eye anything that, ca- anything that catches yeah. my eye like I'll take a photo of mm-hmm. um, and as far as film like er, all the genres that I named like yeah. every like film noir like western uh, action comedy mm-hmm. uh, rom-com like just anything yeah so um, do you have do you have any particular rom-coms that you love I'm a huge rom-com <laughs> fan a lot of my friends yeah. make fun of me but uh i've well this isn't a rom-com it's more just on the rom not so much on the com but Mm -hmm. i've i've probably seen the notebook like (laughs) 14 times i love it um Uh trying like what are the rom-coms that i really like Mm -hmm. uh the first bridget jones diary Mm -hmm. love that the second one uh was it bridget jones beyond the edge of reason Mm -hmm. uh i liked that didn't love it the third bridget jones movie didn't see that one um Sleepless in Seattle that came out when I was in high school that was mm-hmm. sort of like the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, do you have any any um, particular rom coms that 
I wouldn't say in particular, but uh, a few that I, I can name that I like. Um, I think, uh, well, actually, I'm not sure if Game Night would, would uh, I think, it, yeah, 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 I mean, it's, a, it's, it, it's sort of flirting uh, yeah, with like, like rom-com slash subversive comedy yeah but, but yeah i mean but the, you know there there are a lot of couples yeah in it um, um yeah that's a yeah. freaking hilarious <laughs> right yeah i love that one um there there's uh two that's like has like a really ensemble cast uh one is like new year's eve the other one is valentine's day like, okay I, th- I thought those were pretty yeah. good all right um let me see uh yeah just like uh like knocked up was a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of those, like Judd Apatow. Rom-coms yeah, are yeah, funny. yeah. Um, I, I, Apatow is one of my favorite <laughs> directors. Um, yeah, yeah, knocked up is. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, like just like stuff like that, and like um, there have been a couple that uh like Cameron Diaz and like Catherine Heigl have been in. They're like oh uh, yeah, uh, like their movies are pretty good. Um, Did you ever see Twenty Seven Dresses? Yeah. With, <clears throat> was yeah. it good? Yeah, I thought it was okay. pretty good. All right, yeah. yeah, I haven't... I mean, I think the only Katherine Heigl movie I've seen... I've only seen two. Yeah, so I've seen Knocked Up. And then I think she was in... Do you know of this movie called The Ringer with Johnny yeah. Knoxville? I think she yeah. was in that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I saw it... Um, oh, man. Like, <laughs> when it first came out on mm. HBO or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. we're talking like 2006, so yeah. like... Okay. Thirteen years ago, yeah. Okay, but Twenty Seven Dresses was, um, was good. Yeah, that, that was that one was pretty good. Um, let me see. Yeah, dude, like there's uh, there's so many. Um, yeah, I think between like between like two thousand two mm-hmm. and like two thousand nine, like rom coms were like really big. Okay, that was like a big genre. All right, so so this so this is super interesting, and I w- I want to like you know dive into this a bit. Mm-hmm. I would say that one. I very rarely hear in interviews. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that rom-coms are kind of like crapped upon in the world of like our tour cinema yeah. because they're like, they're treated like chewing gum basically where mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, like it's, it's a funny thing to do. Like they're, they're fun films to watch, but they don't mm-hmm. really have any substance. Right. And, and I think that there are a few directors who, um, who like are really known for romantic comedies and it's almost always yeah. women. Um, yeah, okay. you know, and I, I think part of that is just because, um, in the world of cinema, like, you know, if you're a guy, mm. then, then you're either like tough and gritty, like Scorsese mm-hmm. or Tarantino, mm-hmm. or if you, or if you go in the comedy direction, mm-hmm. I think it's very much like the Judd Apatow where yeah. it's like you or know, like Todd Phillips. Yeah, or or Todd Phillips where it's like super immature dudes mm-hmm. who have really, you know, hip witty banter. Like and hangover. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, like hangover or knocked up where it's, you know, mm-hmm. super juvenile, yeah. like kind of frat boyish humor. Like couch potatoes, smoke weed all day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and if there is a romantic element it's very much like knocked up where mm-hmm. it's like here's this really smart woman who yeah. is very advanced in her career and here's this dumb dude yeah, this who asshole. smokes weed <laughs> yeah. yeah this asshole who smokes weed yeah. all day and just uh-huh. like looks at porn you know mm-hmm. 15 hours a day <laughs> yeah. and and i feel like you know in the so so you don't really see any like dudes who are like yeah like you know i'm i'm gonna make romantic comedies mm-hmm. like you i don't yeah. I don't hear about it in interviews, yeah, yeah. which I actually think is kind of a shame because, mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, uh, I think one just in the world that we're in, we're like, we're really like subverting gender stereotypes mm-hmm. and just sort of like, well, people should just do whatever the hell makes them happy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I would actually yeah. like to see more romantic comedies written mm-hmm. by dudes. Cause it's like, yeah, I like romantic comedies and I'm a dude and mm-hmm. like, I think they're yeah. funny and I think they're yeah, awesome. Me too. So. Um, so, but I feel like maybe Nora Ephron, who I think directed sleepless in Seattle, I feel mm-hmm. like she's really, or like, Nancy my is Nancy yeah, like maybe like Nancy Myers mm-hmm. um I think she maybe directed the intern with mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway I watch a lot of Anne Hathaway films also, oh yeah yeah like, she's awesome too yeah like yeah. I like uh like Devil Devil uh Where's Prada is, is really good. dude that's that, an awesome movie that's a great movie I even own the book oh nice yeah I actually and yeah. I have two copies of the book one was a, a gift that someone gave me but yeah Devil Devil Wears Prada is definitely like in my top five list mm-hmm. of favorite movies um, but yeah, so so you don't really see dudes that are like, you know, the driving force behind romantic comedies mm-hmm. and you yeah. really don't see black men mm-hmm. as yeah. generators of romantic comedies. Yeah. I mean, unless it's the sort of um, the like, you know, the, the the think like a man Kevin Hart movies yeah, or and, like the wood. Yeah. Or the yeah. wood. Yeah. And, like and, yeah. And those are like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the the they're like like kind of like low budget or like just like straight to dvd sometimes yeah yeah i mean there the, so. yeah there's a lot of the like it you know back in the day when blockbuster video was a thing oh yeah that was yeah awesome. but yeah there yeah. there was a lot of the uh you know black movies that were like you know straight to straight to vhs mm-hmm. and then yeah. straight to dvd uh, you know like uh the the kevin hart movies like mm-hmm. those are those are fairly big you know uh big budget movies now because yeah i mean mm-hmm. kevin kevin hart's you know such a massive star in the uh yeah and the the and the people behind a lot of those movies, um, Will Packer and Tim Hurd, like you know, have sort of like mm. you know penetrated the zeitgeist. But I feel like you know, like you know, that's uh, those movies, you know, like the, those are a relatively recent phenomenon, mm-hmm. you know. And the the guy who directed, yeah, The Wood came out what like ninety nine, um, uh, something like that. Yeah, 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 came, yeah. I think it came out in ninety nine. And yeah, the the guy who directed that was that uh, I can never pronounce his name correctly. It's like Rick Famuyima. He's, I think he's Nigerian or his parents mm-hmm. are Nigerian. Okay. Anyways, so, all right. So, like, how did how did you get into romantic comedies? I, I kind of want to lean into that a little bit. Um, just, well. You would just, like, pro- did you just watch them when you were a kid um, and you were like, these are interesting? Yeah, just, um, well, honestly, I think probably my mom. Okay. Like, well, obviously, she's a woman, so, like, she would, like, watch romantic comedies. Sure. So, um, but, yeah, just honestly, like, movies in general just like if i if it seems interesting then i'm mm-hmm. gonna watch it yeah so, like, I, I don't really care like like what the genre is yeah. kind of so yeah like i and me like i'm like very like like self-sufficient mm-hmm. and so like i i just don't care like i'm gonna do like whatever i want to do like whatever yeah. makes me happy like i'm gonna do and so like when i once i get into the film industry well honestly i'm not even gonna get into the the industry per se like i'm gonna just like make films like yeah. I, don't, I don't care about like oscars or like reviews or any right. or money or anything yeah. like that i just want to like i actually have a, a passion for filmmaking so mm-hmm. like, i just want to make movies yeah like, I, I just don't really i don't care like like the outcome of it like, yeah i'm just i'm gonna make movies like nice. whether people like it or not so. yeah no i no, i think that's great and um it that's actually i'm at that point my you know myself so I might have talked to you about this a little bit when we were at CTI. Mm-hmm. 
so my background as far as school is actually in theater. I have a right. degree. I have a degree in acting. Yeah, Originally, I wanted to study film. Like mm-hmm. when I first went to school, because I started college in '96. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction came out in '95. So Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like I wanted to be the next Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at schools. And if you wanted to do film, you had to have a portfolio. And so okay. I was talking to my mom and my mom said, oh, well, she, you know, she said, you don't, you don't have a portfolio. You don't even have like portfolios of visual art. And I, I had been taking acting. You know, I had been t- I was in drama club pretty much all throughout high school. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually, you know, I had won like a bunch of awards in like mm-hmm. my little town or whatever. Yeah. So so my mom said, well, like, why don't you look at theater and maybe mm-hmm. get in, like, go to theater school because you yeah. actually have a background and you've had you've had a fair amount of success. Right. So, so I went to University of the Arts here in Philadelphia. I got okay. accepted. Went to the theater program. I have a BFA. You know, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting. And you know, I I always still like kept up my love of film. I worked at a video store mm-hmm. senior year of college. You know, I just watched movies all the time. Yeah. And, th- you know, then I did the theater thing. I actually, like, started my own theater company. I wrote plays. Oh, nice. um, you know, because, like, I wanted to, you know, be a, you know, I wanted to be a creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at, at a certain point, I, I I never really seriously, once I was in college, I never really con- seriously considered making films. Because especially back then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you had, to, you had to have a lot of money. Because, I oh, mean, like, course, this, yeah. this is way before... Garage Band and SoundCloud mm-hmm. and iPhones yeah. and digital recording yeah. and even when um you know when when digital films were being made even in the early 2000s it was kind mm-hmm. of like a novelty not a lot of people were doing it mm-hmm. and the people that were doing it were big budget directors who were like oh I'm going to make a digital right. movie now exactly. um but then you know just like with the advancements that have happened um and just like knowing about people that have like had films that have gone into the Sundance Film Festival that they've yeah. made for like $5,000 total. And that's <laughs> yeah. everything, like the production, mm-hmm. the caterers, the scouting locations. Right. Um, so at a certain point, you know, I, I kind of, this was a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I just started thinking about my life and I was like, oh, like, like what are the things I really wanted to want to do? And one of the things I decided was, I was like, well, at some point before I die, I'm going to make at least one movie. Okay. I'm going to make yeah. one movie. I'm going to submit it to a film festival. Right. Whatever happens, I don't care. Okay. Everyone can hate it. Yeah. Literally yeah. no one can go and see it. Right. That doesn't matter to me. Yeah. What matters to me is that like I'm actually going to do it. Exactly. Um and uh, yeah, and there were a couple of films that really um that really impressed me. One movie you might want to check out. There's a movie it's really it's only available on amazon okay uh it's called suicide kale but it was a if completely just shot on a digital camera mm-hmm. it's a freaking hilarious movie like okay. it's if you like romantic comedies i feel like you would like it because if you if you like romantic comedies and you like the vibe that game night had mm-hmm. suicide kale kind of has that vibe okay. too it's it's a it's, okay. a it's a it's a very cool movie but it was like done like compl- like only for like three thousand dollars or like mm. five thousand mm-hmm. dollars is won a bazillion awards. So mm. so I say all of that to say that like you know we're we're on the same wavelength. You know we're, we're both <laughs> yeah. gonna gonna make yeah. a film oh, yeah, at some sure. point. Actually, um, right now like my so for the past like um, like year I've been you know since I I train at uh, Penn and Drexel for wrestling. Um, you know like I. Uh, 
I want to get a Netflix show that's like centered around myself, mm-hmm. like uh, like wrestling at Penn. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's something that like I'm really like looking to get into. And so like a documentary or no no just or, like like actual like show. Okay. Yeah. So all just, right. So so like a, a show kind of either like loosely based on your experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and so like uh, I I don't think I mentioned this um earlier, but it's like uh before like the summer before my senior year of high school, I actually moved to the Philly area. I moved to um Wayne mm-hmm. um with my okay. dad. Okay. And so uh, you know, like I said, my dad was um the uh, wrestling coach at a uh, Valley Forge Military yeah. Academy, and like I did not want to go to a military sure. school, yeah. so yeah. Uh, we uh, I went to Radnor. Okay, so, like, I, I graduated from Radnor, uh, twenty ten. Okay, and um, yeah, and uh, wow, I just lost my train. What was I talking about? Sorry. You graduated from Radnor. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was something about you know like life's journey and. Okay. Um. Yeah. And uh, are you are you like, gonna make like a. Maybe you want to also create a Netflix show based yeah, on yeah, your experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. at so, Radnor. Um, yes, like I, uh, you know, like I've lived in the Philly area for about ten years mm-hmm. now, and so uh, my dad still lives in Wayne, um, and you know, I live in uh, King of Prussia. I live right across the street from the King of Prussia Mall. Right, and so um, yeah, I just want to make like a like a Netflix like show, just like loosely based on my life, pretty yeah. much. And so yeah. like being from the south and moving up here. Mm-hmm. And, know wrestling at a pen or or direct so like uh you know i can i can do either one yeah but um yeah like that's something like i really want to like get off the ground nice nice uh have you written any scripts yet not script scripts mm-hmm. but like i jot down ideas okay. like every day okay so like i i've had um and like i have like pieces of paper mm-hmm. all over my room and like i have like uh like a notepad in my phone that like right. I just jot down like ideas yeah. and like stuff like everything from like um like the location to like which actors I would cast mm-hmm. and to like uh, the the title of the movie to like the character names and like just every, like anytime an idea yeah. comes to me I just write it down. Nice. Do you have any uh like particular either screenwriters or directors or screenwriter directors that you like you know that you really dig their stuff and you think maybe you would yeah, yeah. have a um, career unfold like theirs. Yeah. So, um, I'd have to say, um, like Scorsese is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarantino is really mm-hmm. good. Um, uh, oh my God, dude, like my brain is just not working today. That's nah, all um, good. Now like the, uh, what, uh, the director of, um, Inception, Oh, Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, Christopher Nolan amazing. is. Dude, Dark Knight is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. Of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's yeah. like not even, it's it's like almost, it's not even a superhero movie. It's, it's not. Just, it's just a good movie. Exactly. Exactly. And what I love, I, I always tell this to people, what I love about the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. exactly to your point, it's not really a superhero movie. It's not really a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. It is a character study that exactly. happens to be about Batman. Right. That like that's what it is. Exactly. And the cool thing about all of Christopher Nolan's movies, so whether it's the the Dark Knight trilogy, whether it's Inception or whether it's Interstellar, is that mm-hmm. he the way that he makes them, it's he makes them plausible enough where it's like, oh yeah, that could actually happen. Like right. like, like the way that he set up the world of Gotham. Right. I just remember watching and thinking Oh yeah, like a guy with that much money could actually mm-hmm. do that stuff. Yeah, like he could actually, 
And and if he worked for a company, mm-hmm. if he worked for Wayne Enterprises, like this big, you know, multi-billion yeah. dollar corporation that's developing, you know, military right. technology. Yeah, he and can... It's like, yeah, he, he, he could actually... That actually makes sense. Like right. that—that's a thing that could, yeah, like pl- the, plausibly happen. Like his Batmobile is like an actual like military yeah. thing. Yeah, so. it's yeah, it's an actual military vehicle. Yeah, it's, yeah. And like, um, what I love most about like I, I saw this in a YouTube uh, review of the movie. It's like the reason why uh, the climax of the movie, like the two fairies, mm-hmm. is like so climactic, is because that could actually happen. Yeah, it's because like. Um, you know, when we watch movies like uh, Avengers or stuff like that, where like the fate of the entire planet mm-hmm. is at stake, like yeah. obviously the the superhero is going to win. Yeah, so absolutely. But at the end of the Dark Knight, like the Joker could win, like the fairies mm-hmm. could blow up. Yeah, like that's like, and it's not like the whole city of Gotham right. is like in trouble. It's right. like just like these two fairies. Yep, and like they could blow, they could both blow up. Mm-hmm. And so like that's what is so like climactic. Yeah, about that movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Are you uh, are you gonna see the uh, the new Joker movie? Oh, I've already by... seen it. Oh, you've already Dude, seen I, it. I saw it the weekend it came out. Awesome, awesome. Dude, I've been anticipating it ever since they announced it. Nice. So, like, yeah, dude, Joker is like one of my favorite characters okay. across any media platform. Sure, sure. Like he's like one of my favorite, like not only like like villains or mm-hmm. like fiction or nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Joker is like one of my favorite like pieces of entertainment awesome period awesome yeah i'm i'm super excited to see it um there there is a part of me that wants to see it tonight but if i see it without my wife i (laughs) I will be in big trouble (laughs) and what's funny is that my wife doesn't really like going to the movies to see Mm -hmm. movies like she she will see maybe three movies a year Mm -hmm. in the in the in the theater yeah um but i because I didn't, I didn't really know that they. I sort of knew that they were making the Joker movie, but like I mm-hmm. wasn't really paying that much attention to yeah. it. And then it was maybe a month ago or maybe six weeks ago mm-hmm. that I saw one of the trailers, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" <laughs> right. And then I found another trailer, and then I sent her the links to them, and she just wrote like in all caps. She's like, "I am going to see this movie at least three times in the theater." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks, super, yeah, super, Bro, super. It- Super amazing. amazing. Yeah, so hopefully DC has found their way to make good films because their films have not been good well, it's up like, until this point. Yeah, it's like just like DC just needs to do their own thing. Like they're yeah. just they're just they're trying to keep up with Marvel yes, is they where are. they're going south. Yes. It's like they're trying to keep up with like the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, like just do your own thing. Yeah. Like, like Dark Knight and like stuff like that is like if you want to make like a like a, a separate like film series right. like just do it dude yeah. like you don't have to keep up with like what's hot so. yeah yeah see and i i think the thing very much to your point is that they're also they're they're looking at it it seems like from a money perspective exactly and i think that with kevin feige and the and the mcu i think that they were really committed to like making really awesome movies that mm-hmm. were a part of this MCU and with the various phases, you know, and like, and doing the whole infinity saga. And it also just turned out that like the way that they did that, they're blockbuster juggernauts. So like Mm -hmm. they almost always make, you know, big money. But I mean, but I also feel like they had to like build their way up into that because I mean, I don't really know if the first Iron Man was like a massive 
box yeah, office it wasn't smash. Like, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a like a smash hit right, right. away. Exactly. So it kind of like snowballed. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I you know, I it's the thing with like a lot of copycat syndromes where it's like mm-hmm. pe- people see the result of like 10 years of work and they want to mm-hmm. do that from the jump. Right. And so yeah, like they they keep trying to make it seems like these you know, these kind of like dark brooding character studies that are also big box office phenomenons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't really know if you're going to do that. Like right. it could happen, mm-hmm. but trying to like do that isn't yeah. going to work because exactly. man of steel was okay. Like I thought yeah, it that, was all right. Yeah. That, that movie wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, I thought there was honestly too much CGI in it. So I was like, mm-hmm. mm, okay, like it's, it's a kind of cool different take on Superman. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Lois Lane wasn't a damsel in distress. You yeah. know, she was like the badass reporter. Right. But too much CGI. And I'm like, man, not, you know, okay, but it was yeah. fine enough. Man, whatever. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Like when it was like the character study stuff, mm-hmm. I was super into it. Yeah. You know, and I like the, like the, the sort of like bitter, angry, older Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's super interesting. Yeah. When it was fighting space monsters, not so much. Mm. Aquaman. A lot of people liked it. I was like, you know, the parts that I liked were cool. Yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I saw Aquaman. Like, it was okay. Like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. That like the thing is, their movies are like they range from not good to like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like you know, Joker could really put them in a whole new direction. And then oh, I, I feel just, like it has. Yeah. And so, um, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think Joker and Dark Knight alone, like. Like they're better than the entire DC universe. Yeah, like, alone. Yeah, like, those two I movies agree. alone. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like uh, a lot of fans are like DC versus Marvel. Like I, I love both. Right. Like yeah. I, like even my um like my uh um like my Twitter and my uh, Instagram is Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. So, like my mm-hmm. my name is Tony. It's like right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, but yeah, like uh, I loved Iron Man growing up. Uh, I loved Spider Man. I loved Batman growing up. Um, yeah, like I, I read um comics from both marvel and D- i love mm-hmm. both of them yeah but um yeah and i i know a lot of people who feel the same yeah way. and like i think um as far as like the cinematic universe like obviously marvel kills dc yeah. but like i i feel like dc if they didn't have batman and joker like they would be trash mm-hmm. compared compared to marvel yeah but um yeah i don't know like i sometimes i feel like marvel does better like films like all together but mm-hmm. dc has better cartoons okay like dude like um like batman animated series yeah well okay. i love that okay up. that, like, that yeah, was so one good. of my brothers was super into it yeah, i, I kind of really sort of watched it, it. Yeah. and uh my wife was into it she told me yeah that. like that's uh that's where uh a lot of people don't know that's where uh harley quinn comes from okay like, like harley quinn was not an original dc comic gotcha. character gotcha. like uh, like they introduced her in um batman the animated series okay. and like she became like a fan favorite ah, and so like they gotcha, kind of like gotcha. like just ran with it okay. and like she's like one of the biggest dc characters mm-hmm. ever now have you seen the trailer for the new harley quinn movie yeah birds, uh, of, prey? birds of prey yeah yeah, yeah that it. looks good too yeah i'm interested yeah. in that. yeah and i'm so like now my mind is kind of thinking like okay like m- like maybe that's DC's thing is like mm-hmm. really compelling origin stories yeah. about you know the villains and the antiheroes yeah like that that could be their mm-hmm. thing because I I think I just saw yeah the the Birds of Prey trailer like three days ago mm-hmm. um so yeah I I definitely 
Yeah, that's that. that's interesting. Like now, th- now that you mention it, like I kind of feel like DC has better villains. Mm-hmm. Like their like their yeah. villains are like more interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it it's it's definitely interesting. Um, and so yeah, but you know, like uh, and honestly, with this new Joker movie, uh, the reason why I feel like it's controversial is because like you. It's like you're on the side of the villain, mm-hmm. which is like against society. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it's like it like goes against like rules of society that right, you right. would actually root for sure, the villain. Sure. And so, and um, what I love about the Joker, like, it's not a spoiler, but like, it obviously talks about like mental illness, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like kind of a like cringy subject. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and and that's one of the things. I mean, that honestly is a lot of what captivated me about the trailers is Mm. the fact that it's similar to the dark Knight series of like Mm. oh yeah like it you can actually see how a person ends up as someone like the joker at the end of the movie it's like it's it's a logical progression and and you know and i honestly um those are the things that I actually like really like to see mm-hmm. in sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, clearly I have not seen the Joker movie yet. So I'm really mm-hmm. just basing my, you know, my reactions off of the two trailers yeah. that I've seen. I mean, but you know, just like, you know, his laugh and the mm-hmm. way where it's like, you know, cause I've even known people where you sit back and you think, and it's like, they actually could have a, like a deeper mental challenge right. and there could be a mental illness. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, are, are they just an eccentric person mm-hmm. or are they just kind of like messing around or mm-hmm. is there actually something a little more right. going on here and you don't know? And yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, just the, like, you know, the kind of world that they've established Gotham to be at, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's really the, like, you know, the pre Batman ascending Gotham of like, right. you know, it's, you know, it's run down. People have mm-hmm. lost hope, and it's just like, it, yeah, it it yeah. seems great. I mean, and um, as far as the MCU goes, honestly, the Captain America movies, the last two, you know, the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and Civil, Civil War, War yeah. were really Winter Soldier is my favorite movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. because I like that it really takes Captain America from the first Avenger, like the super idealistic, we're going to defeat Hydra and Red Skull. And then Mm -hmm. he's in this new world that he doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. And it's morally ambiguous, you know, and it definitely sort of um, uh, taps into like, you know, the military industrial complex, you know, the perpetual Mm -hmm. warfare state. Yeah. And just like this. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought it was great. And even um, like X-Men first class, I really liked like, you know, when they, when they tie it into actual real historical, realities and like mm-hmm. dealing with you know actual issues that we're dealing with in modern society yeah. i find super compelling so yeah that's um yeah, yeah like i uh i really enjoy like the the character studies like i like those are like the most interesting ones to me it's like um as far as like you know movies like avengers where it's like just all like action mm-hmm. and stuff like i like those movies too but yeah. like i'm really into like the character studies like uh, like joker and yeah. stuff like that yeah so. yeah it's it's very cool yeah that is um yeah it's yeah it's just it's super interesting and mm-hmm. i think that um yeah 
I don't know. I think that there's a like there's a space for those types of movies in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you know, very much to your point. Yeah, Avengers is cool. You know, yeah. I mean, I really, I think of all the Avengers movies, I think I liked Infinity War the most because you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just super compelled by like you know because I I honestly did not read any comic books when I was a kid or I read like Nickelodeon comic books like so Marvel and DC no idea um but yeah I mean I I really liked how yeah like the the ending of Infinity War just felt like a like a very like serious movie and yeah you know I mean you know Thanos was a you know was a very compelling character you know, again, because of my love of Captain America, I really loved like the nomad Captain America, mm-hmm. just like, you know, on the fringes of society, all yeah. black suit, the beard. I was like, yeah, that's that's super badass, yeah, yeah. you know. And then, yeah, you know, the uh, you know, the the winter soldiers, you know, you know, got, you know, got all the Hydra stuff out of mm-hmm. his brain. But yeah, but I will definitely take X-Men first class and winter soldier over like the first Avengers. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I I really did love Thor Ragnarok because I just thought it was yeah, super I like funny. That one too. Yeah. So yeah, Jeff Goldblum can um, literally be in anything, <laughs> right? Um, so like, what were like like so? Who were your favorite comic book characters when you were growing up? Was it like um, was it Joker and like uh, the well, villains? Yeah, it's like like Batman. Uh, honestly, I think Batman was probably my favorite. Okay. Um, because I mean it's Batman. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Batman, Spider Man, um, like Iron Man. But honestly, it's crazy because, like, I kind of enjoyed, like, the villains almost as much as the superheroes. Like, I like Joker as much as Batman. I love Venom as much as Spider-Man. And so, um, you know, like, uh, like Doc Ock uh, was awesome. Um, Yeah, dude. And, like, yeah, again, like, that's why, like, Joker, the new 2019 movie is, like, so controversial. And it's because, um, you know, like, you... In society, it's like you're like not supposed to like yeah. the villain. Mm-hmm. It's like you're supposed to root against him. Right. But like that's why, um, you know, like uh, the Killing Joke, um, Dark Knight, and this uh, recent Joker are like my favorite, like, like movies or cartoons or whatever. Um, it's because like the Joker makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like what he's saying yeah. actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's like. And like there's like uh like forums, it's like on the internet, it's like um the Joker is not insane. No. Like he he's not he's actually like super sane. Yeah. He's like like he makes perfect sense when he says stuff like um that you're only as good as the world allows you to be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like and it only takes one bad day to turn into a maniac right. pretty much. Yeah. And in this new Joker, like his like me- mental illness mm-hmm. is like a part of what makes him the Joker, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And so, um, yeah, and it's just like I don't know. It's just like uh, the way that uh, it's like very well written. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. like the writers yeah. of it did a fantastic awesome. job. Yeah, they did an awesome job. Awesome. And also the um, like the directors did an awesome job yeah. of like doing the uh, like I don't know. I guess like telling it from like his point of sure. view and everything. Yeah. So um, yeah, and it's and it's directed by Todd Phillips, who directed yeah. The Hangover, which yeah. I was like, I'm like, oh that, yeah, yeah, a lot and, of, yeah. I I I love when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, a lot of people like thought it was uh, kind of interesting move to have like a comedy director mm-hmm. direct a movie like this. Yeah, and it's almost like Jordan Peele directing horror films. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like he, D- Jordan Peele did 
a fantastic job yes, with Get Out. Absolutely. And, um, oh, what was the other one? Um, Get Out. Oh, and uh, Us. Us. Yeah, yeah. Us. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought both of those movies were like so well written and mm-hmm. directed. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've only seen Get Out, have not seen us yet it's yeah us was really good yeah it's 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 on my list of things to see one of the things that you will you know if you ever decide to have children uh you learn that (laughs) like when when you have kids like everything you want to do gets pushed back like two or three years because it's like you don't have any time to to do anything Mm -hmm. but yeah um yeah i i'm a huge fan of when people that you know from one genre start working in you know in another mm-hmm. genre and you know i've i've told this story a bazillion times but you know i'll i'll tell it to you since you know we don't <laughs> really know each other right. that much um but so i was a huge fan of <clears throat> excuse me i was a huge fan of key and peel one cuz mm-hmm. i you know i love comedy and pre- you know pretty much anything that comedy central puts out i'm mm-hmm. like i'm a fan of yeah. two um I didn't really know that much about them until I saw the show. And mm-hmm. so a lot of their sketches, I was like, oh, I can completely relate to these because, you know, I grew up in private school around a lot of white kids. Mm-hmm. So so just like, you know, just the, the the weird things that happen when you're sort of like the only black person dealing with like, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of white people. It's like, oh, yeah, like it's actually not even like super racist. It's actually like kind of the opposite you know like mm-hmm. you know um you know i feel like they have uh you know a fair amount of sketches where it really subverts racial humor mm-hmm. where there's either like the one sketch where it's like a zombie apocalypse and the zombies won't eat them because they're black and there's like there's like uh, this <laughs> yeah. one zombie it's like a 50 year old woman who like clutches her purse when she sees them <laughs> yeah. i'm like that's freaking genius that's hilarious i love it <laughs> So so um so a friend of mine sent me the the YouTube link for the trailer of Get Out and he's mm-hmm. he's like oh you gotta check out this Jordan Peele movie so I'm like okay yeah it's gonna be like a you know a, a, comedy. a zany comedy from yeah. Jordan Peele and so I'm watching it and I'm like okay I'm like yeah this isn't a comedy <laughs> not at all and then I was like oh are they going there with that because I you know as someone who grew up in the suburbs mm-hmm. and you know had, you know, a, a fair share of white girlfriends when I was, you know, when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been in a couple of get out situations where I'm like, yeah, yeah this is weird. And yeah. like you're way like you're way too friendly. Right. And yeah. And it's like I've like literally been places where it's like out in the middle of nowhere, like out yes. in central Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, and they're all just like, isn't Barack Obama the best? And I'm like. <laughs> All right, why are you? Why are you saying that? Like this right. is bizarre, right? Yeah, dude. Like I've I've been in so many similar yeah. situations. Like being a wrestler, like a lot of my friends are Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, especially like, um, you know, just like there have been so many times where like I've been like the only black guy on the wrestling team, mm-hmm. or like the only black guy in my class. Yeah, like my um, like school class mm-hmm. or whatever. Um. But I mean, like I've I've gotten used to it. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. accustomed to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's still. I mean, I wouldn't say it's uncomfortable. It's just like I'm just like all right. Yeah, and <laughs> just whatever. Yeah, and like yes, yeah, like dude, when I uh, um, when I go to places with like uh, my Caucasian friends, and you know, it's like they ask like kind of like like cringy questions mm-hmm. like that. Yes. yes. And it's like <laughs> like. A, like I can't, I can't help. Like I can't not laugh. Oh it's yeah, like you can't yeah. help but laugh. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, I, I, like, I don't get offended by it. Like I, like, there's really, 
not much that I've like it. It's kind of sure. it's kind of tough to offend. Sure, it. sure. You know, um, like even if uh, like things you know were like, uh, like we're all drunk, like a rap song comes on and like there's n words mm-hmm. in the rap yeah. song. So I'm just like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, like I can understand why like people would care, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, like I'm, uh, I just think like, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because like I, I would sometimes tell my friends just like, like I mean, you can say whatever you want, but mm-hmm. it's like. If, like a black dude like punches you like I'm not going to do anything about yeah. it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, so. I have had the almost the exact same conversation with people. Uh, but I, I change it. So uh, my oldest brother is six, five. And I mean, now he's 50 and, you know, mm. and, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, he kind of goes out of his way to like, you know, avoid any type of physical confrontation mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. But like when he was like younger in high school and in college, like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he had a little bit of a temper. So I used to say yeah. to people, I'm like. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. But if my brother punches you in the face, yeah. don't be surprised. One, right. don't be surprised. And two, just to your point, it's like, I'm not helping you. Like, yeah, right? You've yeah. been warned. So yeah, it's like, say it at your own risk. Yeah, I say mean, it at your like, own risk, bro. Do whatever. But yeah. when it happens, not if, yeah, when, so, I yeah, pss, like, I don't know you and I ain't helping you. <laughs> yeah, it's like freedom of speech. Like, mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want, but just, you know. <laughs> yeah, there are like, consequences. Yeah, though. right. Um, yeah, and it's just like... Uh, you know, like growing up, um, you know, like I said, I've had friends of like all different walks mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. And so like that's why um, like I'm like very open. Yeah. But at the same time, like I understand how the world works. Mm-hmm. Like I understand like there are stereotypes, yeah. like there's racism, there's um, social classes, like do like whatever. It's like I embrace being different, but I do kind of embrace being the same. But um, I don't know. It's just like I... Like I'm very introverted, and so um, like sometimes, um, like I, you know, just like being, like in a room with people and just like kind of like the small talk, like mm-hmm. it just kind of drains my energy. Yeah, and so like doing things like this, where like we're having like a like a deep conversation, yeah. it's like I kind of live for that stuff. Nice, it's like I really enjoy it. Awesome, um, and you know, just um, like I don't know, I just like being by myself. Yeah, um, it's like when I. When I was growing up, um, like my parents got divorced when I, I think I was in like third grade. Okay. Um, I mean, but like they still raised us like yeah. like together. Like yeah. they're still very they're still civil to this day. Sure. Like, they sure. they talk like yeah. all the time. But um yeah, and it's like uh, you know, like in Chattanooga, like my mom had her own place, my dad has had his own place. And um, you know, like I um uh, would stay with my mom a lot. Um and you know, like she um would work like um sometimes like she would work like different shit like mm-hmm. she would either work like the day shift or yeah. the night shift and like she would work like like 12 hours yeah, and like yeah. a lot of i'd be home by myself mm-hmm. a lot yeah and so like i just i just kind of embraced it i was yeah. like dude it's like i can be myself mm-hmm. like i can really really be myself yeah. right now and you know like i can watch whatever i want mm-hmm. on tv i can like yep. eat whatever i want yep. i can do whatever i want yep. it's like dude like this is awesome dude and like the I really enjoy solitude. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, like solitude is when like, I can like really be creative mm-hmm. and like with, like with my, um, like filmmaking, it's mm-hmm. like, like writing and stuff. Like my, like so many ideas come to me when I'm like by myself yeah. and like when I'm alone and like the solitude and mm-hmm. like, it's awesome, man. It's like, I can, and also like, I'm really big into music. Like, uh, music is like really big yeah. to me. It's like, um, that's why like I, I carry my headphones like mm-hmm. everywhere that mm-hmm. I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and um 
you know, like when I was in uh, when I was in college, like I was diagnosed with uh, anxiety and okay. like depression, mm. and so um, yeah, it just like it really helped. Like having music mm-hmm. with me, um, just like really, if I'm like in a bad situation, yeah. like just helps like mm-hmm. calm me down or yeah. um, just take my mind off of it, Absolutely. kind of. Um, you know, like I've there have been multiple times where like uh, I've been in public and like I've had like uh, like panic attacks. Mm. So, um, and, uh, yeah. And it's just like, um, just like the music, like, just like really helps. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And just like being, like being by myself and, um, you know, just like, I, I feel like so like energetic mm-hmm. like, when I'm yeah. by myself. Oh yeah. No, and I, so I, I, yeah. And it's like people, people think that like being an introvert is like, Oh, like you're shy, you're right. quiet. Like, like I'm not shy at all. Like I'm quiet, I'm reserved, right. but like, I'm not like shy. Yeah. It's like I can talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, if I want to be left alone, I want to be left alone. Absolutely. It's like, and like small, you know, if I'm like on the train and like somebody sees my, my shirt, it's like, Oh, you wrestle a pen, like stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like, and like, we have to like have a conversation right. kind of like drains my energy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just whatever. No, 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 that, that, that all makes sense because a couple of things that I'm hearing from that one is that, you know, I mean, it seems like, you know, you, you really like engaging mm-hmm. with people. So, you know, yeah. so like the, the 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 three minute conversation of like oh yeah you know you you wrestling yeah it's like how's the weather yeah like, like that that's not really your thing but the yeah. like you know the the deep dives the long form yeah, you know exactly. uh, conversation like yeah like really like really engaging with someone yeah like picking someone's brain is yeah like awesome yeah yeah I mean it's 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 one of the things that like I've always loved and it's it's honestly one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast one you know there, there's like multiple levels like one mm-hmm. it's just like well, I, I like just like learning about people. So mm-hmm. like like this is a, like this is something that like I would want to just do like all the time. So it's right. like, oh, well, like I really get to know people because like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm very fascinated by how people grew up. What mm-hmm. are they into? Like, like what's the thing that really energizes yeah. them, even if it's something completely different from like what I'm into? Because it's like, oh, well, like that's a, a thing I didn't know about. Like, right. So that's cool. Um, and yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just one of the things I love. Yeah. And I'm I'm the same way. I mean, like mm-hmm. I. I definitely need my alone time, you know, mm-hmm. just to like really, you know, just like decompress or like, I, I honestly feel that like you get a, you, if you do it right, you get a very good understanding of like really who you are, you know, yeah, cause when, exactly. when you, when you really don't have these different voices in your head, like, you know, the voices mm-hmm. of other people telling you, Oh, well wrestlers do this thing or mm-hmm. artsy people do this thing or yeah. black people do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's cool if that's what you do, right. but like, and do if that's who you are, do it. Fine, but like, yeah. don't don't tell me who I am exactly based yeah, on like I hate that. who you want to be uh-huh. or whether you're insecure or even if you're completely secure in who 100%, you are. Yeah. Like, I I'm my own person. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that type of self reflection is needed for every artist, and like honestly, every mm-hmm. person needs it. I mean, you know, and it's something that has become very apparent with my wife and I just like mm-hmm. we we both take time like on the weekend where mm-hmm. it's like you know we, you know the other person has like free reign to go out for like four or five hours and just like right. be alone it's like yeah. okay I'm definitely gonna watch the kid and whatever you want to do so like get drunk go to a park <laughs> yeah you know whatever like go on the internet for seven hours yeah, like, like I can like I can imagine like uh like 
having a spouse and kids, like, dude, like, you need alone time oh, eventually. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, Absolutely. I, I don't even, I don't even have a wife or kids, right. and it's like, I can, I can only imagine. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's, like, it's super needed. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, growing up with, like, like, uh, you know, like, I have, um, like, a good amount of, like, cousins, like, I'm, like, the youngest of mm, three mm-hmm. boys, yeah. and so, yes, dude, like, I don't know. It's just like like living under someone else's rules. Like it gets tiring. Yes. You know? Like I like I want to do my own things. Yeah. From time to time. Absolutely. So like you know like I said when my mom would like be away at work like I'd be at the house and like my brothers would stay with my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know like dude like being alone and like being like having your own rules. Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing. Man. Absolutely. It's, like, it's it's awesome and like you, um, like you see. You know, like in like movies or whatever, when like somebody like gets out of it like a bad relationship, mm-hmm. it's like they can like they're free again, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like it, I just think stuff like that is funny. Oh yeah, no, and yeah. and one of the other things that I've just noticed is that you you need that alone time to like really figure out like who you are exactly. Um, and you know, and it's something that I've been making a conscious effort to do because I felt like in the last couple of years. I've gotten swayed as to trying to be something that I wasn't. And some Mm -hmm. of it is just like genuine, you know, experimentation of like, oh, well, maybe I'm into this. So like, let me try it. And then I do it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think the the problem that I've run into is that like I do it for like a couple years too long. It's Mm -hmm. like I I start to get the feeling, oh, I'm actually not into this. Yeah. You know, but people want me to do it. So, yeah, you know, I've been making a conscious effort to do that. And another thing that you said that, you know, really resonated with me and you know i appreciate you being so candid and you know and mm-hmm. sharing you know challenges around like you know anxiety depression mm-hmm. the role that music's really played in yeah. you know like really energizing you expanding you getting you through those challenging moments mm-hmm. it, i re- i realized so you know i've i've had um <clears throat> uh, you know like uh the last like couple of years like really like 2016 2017 were just mm-hmm. like very 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 difficult periods for me oh, like yeah. went went through a lot of just uh deep personal challenges yeah, 2016 was horrible for yeah me. yeah it's and, and you know it's i mean sometimes you know it's just like the the cycles of life and, mm-hmm. and one of the things i realized coming out on the other end of it um, well, so like the, the kind of short story was like, you know, I had a couple of personal tragedies in my life. I went to a really bad place and I was having suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was engaging in self-harm. I was actually in a mental health facility for like 10 days because like my wife yeah. walked in on me and, you know, like I had a belt and I was, you know, like trying to harm myself. Mm-hmm. So I was in a mental health facility for about 10 days, you know, worked through it, got out, was seeing a psychiatrist. Uh, you yeah. know, I was seeing a therapist and then my wife and I were also seeing a marriage counselor because mm-hmm. we were just having challenges in our marriage. Yeah. yeah, of course. But one of the things I realized was that I'd actually been depressed for about 10 years. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't realize it because I was mistaking depressed like because I wasn't sad. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm not sad, so I can't be depressed. Right. Um, and and really like in the last couple of years. I've really figured out like, okay, like what, what are the things that really energize me and expand mm-hmm. me? Who am I really? And a big part of it is honestly just like embracing who I am, really engaging with the people that I care about, mm-hmm. like, you know, spending quality time with my friends, even if it's 30 minutes, just to mm-hmm. like have a real conversation yeah. with them. And also, um, 
you know, like understanding like the things that make me happy and like, yeah, like the powerful role that music really plays and mm-hmm. like energizing my spirit and also just like embracing who I am because, you know, something mm-hmm. that I've talked about on this podcast a lot. One of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is because because of the environments that I grew up in and also just because like I'm just into the stuff that I'm into. Like it's as I think about it more, it's like I don't even really know if it's the environment. Yeah. But it's just like, you know. Um, it's like, you know, I'm the dude who likes Devil Wears Prada. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the dude who likes the Bridget Jones's movies. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the dude who listens to a lot of music that people are like, oh, black people don't listen to that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, right? I, I I don't care. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's I, like, and actually a lot of black people listen to this. Yeah. And even if they don't, even if I'm literally the only one, eh, so what? Who, who cares? Like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Like, so yeah, I, I've just started to embrace myself yeah like i i had a very similar experience like um you know like growing up um like we my brothers and i listened to a lot of like lincoln park mm-hmm. uh, papa roach yeah. uh audio slave mm-hmm. um because like my dad uh, my dad's been a personal trainer since he was i think 17 yeah. he's i think he's like 56 now but um yeah like uh whenever he would have me in the gym like they play like music like yeah. like like pop or mm-hmm. like like rock and like yeah. stuff like um but yeah, and it's like uh, I kind of had a similar experience where, um, you know, like I, uh, like I, I don't think I, or what? Yeah, it's like um, in college, like I saw like a psychologist, and you know, like we'd um, like have like weekly talks, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, like I, I kind of feel better, like like talking to somebody. Yeah, it's like, um, like yeah, I'm an introvert, but like you know, having like a like a deep like one on one conversation like that, like kind of makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And like she, um, like I was on medication, and um, you know, like after I left college, um, like I moved back to Tennessee with um with my mom, and um, I had a job, like I was uh, like I worked in the kitchen at a Buffalo Wild Wings, and mm-hmm. um. And like I was off uh, medication for a while and, um, you know, like I kind of had like a, like a, like a lashing out, like yeah. me and my manager, like kind of like got into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I had to, like, I had like, I, I had a couple episodes at work and, you know, like they sent me home and, you know, like I was, I had the same experience where like I was kind of like in a, like a mental clinic for yeah. a couple mm-hmm. days for okay. about a week or so. Yeah. And like, they got me back on medication and, um, you know, like, yeah, it was like, dude, between like 2012 and 2016 was like such a dark period yeah. in my life, man. Yeah. It was, it was really bad. Um, but honestly, like, I, I feel like, like somewhat, I, I, I kind of weathered the storm. Like I got mm-hmm. through it. Like yeah. I feel like stronger now. Yeah, like, I absolutely. feel so much better now. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, like, uh, not to go off course, but like, uh, the reason why like Atlanta by Donald Glover mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite shows, like. I think in the first season, um, he said some words that really resonated with me. He was like, he was like, I think we need a chance as human beings to fail mm-hmm. in order to see what really works because yeah. people don't believe that there's a process to being happy. Right. Like, yeah. be, like being happy is like, it's, it's like a job. Yeah. It's like you, like there's a pro like people say like, go to school, get a job. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, there's a process to it. Absolutely. It's like, you know, and some people like it's much hard. It's a much more difficult process. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, you know, like but getting a job is like like applying for it, like getting the interview, like 
nailing the interview mm-hmm. and like being hired and like yeah. starting your first day and like going through that first two weeks yeah. of your check it's like yeah. yeah it's like dude like it's a process yeah. and like with being happy it's the same way absolutely it's like there, there's like a legitimate like process to being happy yeah i'm i'm so i'm so glad that you you said that because it's that has been one of the things that i've really been working on probably since january of 2018 mm-hmm. which was really when i started to understand like the the depths of the depression that i had been in like the, mm-hmm. it, it was just one of the things where i was hearing people say things similar to that mm-hmm. and it all kind of just gelled together and i was really able to like pinpoint like oh like that like this is what's going on with me mm-hmm. because it was one of the things where i thought that like certain things would w- like you know would would get rid of this like emptiness that I felt like in the pit of my stomach and like those things happened and the feeling was still there and I couldn't Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure it out and so then when I when I started to realize one okay these are the things that make me happy like 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 these are these are the things that I straight up like need to do Mm -hmm. on a daily and a weekly basis yeah and then I started really to like operationalize them Mm -hmm. and because one of the things I realized is that's like oh like these are things that I did as a little kid and even in Mm -hmm. high school, even in college, even in my early twenties, I wasn't aware of what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was just doing them because they felt good or like everyone else was doing it. I was just sort of going along with it, but I'm like, Oh no. Like if, if I actually do these things, Mm -hmm. the likelihood of me feeling good at the end of the day will be exponentially higher. You know? So Mm -hmm. it's like a thing of like, I'm actually going to make an effort to like I make I make my bed every day like I clean right. the bedroom every single day mm-hmm. and I try to almost always like clean the kitchen and have the house clean one mm-hmm. because I want my son to like to grow up in a or- orderly house and for right. that to be normal. Yeah, exactly. And two, it's just like I feel better and all the scientific studies have shown that like it's easier to think when your physical space is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I make a point to like listen to music throughout the day especially early in the morning because like Mm -hmm. the vibes that i have at the beginning of the day is how i'm gonna feel at the end of the day so like so and i i use every opportunity so like if i'm vacuuming if i'm ironing my clothes it's like Mm -hmm. you know i'm going to either watch movies or shows that like energize me or i want to listen to music that energizes me like you know i'm intentionally going to be very conscious of the people that i spend my time with or if i if i have to do something that's like going to drain me just because it's like, Oh, this is a part of work or like, I really need Mm -hmm. to see this person. Like they're kind of in a bad spot. It's like, okay, I'm going to do that. But once I'm done with that, I'm going to do this other thing that like refuels me and not like just sort of wallow in pity or just like read Donald Trump's tweets all day. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's going to put me in a horrible spot. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, All of that to say that like I've the last couple of years has really been me focusing on like the process of my happiness yeah. and it's just it's yielded amazing results for yeah, me. it's like we we live in like um like they say we live in like an extroverted society and like um you know it's like um honestly i think that when we look at like celebrities like it's been said numerous times that like money and fame won't make you happy right yeah but um again yeah, it's like we look at like, dude, like, there are so many people who live in poverty who would not consider suicide. But, like, yeah. we look at, like, uh, like celebrities who, like, have, like, fame, money, mm-hmm. and, like, all friends, like, who have committed suicide. Yeah. It's like, 
suicide is about mental health. It's right. not about, it's not so much about your environment. It's about right. mental health. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, you know, when I was, um, like when I was growing up, I was kind of a, like a straight arrow. Like I didn't, like I didn't really get into much trouble, mm-hmm. but, um, and like in high school, um, I was kind of known as like that, uh, like it's funny, like, the, that movie, uh, Boys in the Hood, um, you know, like Morris Chestnuts. Kind right. Of yeah. Okay, I was, yeah. I was, I was that growing yeah, up. Yeah. Like the, gotcha. like I have a future. Like right. I, I'm going mm-hmm. to a good school. Yeah. I'm going to play, play sports growing up. And I was kind of like that growing up in a, like a bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like uh, the community was like pretty good to me. Like they, they knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Like they knew, uh, what I was getting into growing up and like they, um, uh, tried to keep me like away from like the bad stuff. Yeah. And like my, um, my mom and dad was always like, uh, all you guys need to worry about is wrestling and school. Like you don't need to like be out in the streets. Mm -hmm. Like, and so like they, my mom and dad kept us on a really good path. Like even though we were like in not so good environments, like, but, um, you know, like in high school, I was kind of known as like that guy who like never drank, never smoked, like never party. And like, I was always focused on wrestling like year round. But, um, when I got into college, like I, um, like I kind of, I kind of had that freedom. And so mm-hmm. like, I feel like freshmen like are gonna like, kind of like get into a little trouble. Oh, absolutely. Trouble. Absolutely. But, and like with me, it's like, I kind of, I kind of like took like kind of the wrong path. Gotcha. You know? It's like, I really I actually slipped into uh, alcoholism. Mm. It's like, I started, of course at first it was like, oh, like I only drink like at parties mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know, like life started to like kind of unfold and then yeah. like I started to like, like drink like for no reason. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and then like once I moved back home, um, like I left college, um, I actually didn't finish college. Like okay. I, after two years at Shippensburg, like I, I just, I was just done with it. Like yeah. I just moved back. I, I just wasn't happy anymore. Yeah. And, um, you know, like actually like my uh, medication like caused me like my freshman year, my medication caused me to like uh, miss a lot of classes. Mm, like I ended mm-hmm. up failing. Yeah. Um, and so like I was on academic probation my sophomore year because um, like I appealed and like yeah. they approved my appeal. Okay. And so they got me back in school. Um, but like I just wasn't happy anymore after my sophomore year. And like I just moved back home and I got a regular job and like I wasn't working out like I wasn't wrestling at all and like I I just got so unhappy and depressed yeah, yeah. and um you know and just like I like really got into like abusing alcohol mm, like really mm-hmm, bad yeah. um and it's like yeah it just it just got like really like really bad and um but what's kind of saved me was like uh, around like 2012 they announced that uh, i think it was around like 2013 or 14 that like they announced that they were um gonna take wrestling out of the olympics oh, okay and so um and uh i was like well like it was my dream as a kid to like be an olympic gold medalist mm-hmm. and so i was like well if 2016 is my last shot then i might as well go for it yeah. it's like I, like i have nothing else to lose. Yeah. like i literally have nothing else to lose yeah and so like i moved back up to Pennsylvania with my dad, um, I started training and then, you know, like my life just turned around. Yeah. Like it just like really turned around. And like now, um, like I'm on a really good path. Like I, I'm still training for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I train, uh, with Penn and Drexel. I, I train awesome. with the, uh, regional training center. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like I have good friends, good teammates. Um, I have a good coach, uh, Coach Brandon Slay, who was an Olympic gold medalist. Um, and, you know, like my life, it just like really, really turned around. Yeah. And so like, I'm really thankful for it. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, you've, you've seen that change. You've put that energy, yeah. like, you know, you've, you've focused on things that are really expanding mm-hmm. your soul. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you seem like you're in a very good spot, you know, yeah, you, you know, yeah, you, sure. you, you seem happy and, you know, yeah. yeah, the, you know, I mean, we, we've only interacted a few times, mm-hmm. but yeah, like the, you know, I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty good, uh, uh, assessor of people's energy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you, you always have positive energy around Thank you. you. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you seem like someone who, uh, is enjoying your life. Yeah, yeah. So that is, that is good. Yeah. And yeah, I, I wish you, I wish you the, uh, you know, the, not even the best of luck. Cause I don't, I don't believe in luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish you a lot of success in your, in your Olympic journey. Thank you. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm very happy to like, you know, yeah, to, to know that you're on this path and yeah. And I'm, I'm very excited to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to see the person that you become because of this journey. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's a powerful thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and yeah, like that, that's like our motto at the RTC is like, to enrich lives of other people through mm-hmm. the sport of wrestling. Yeah. And so like that's how I got into um uh and beat the streets their motto is um positively altering life's trajectory. Yeah. And so um what they do is uh, what I do at beat the streets is like I um And and so j- to clarify for the people that are that are listening um not not to do like the super inside baseball description but so how I know you is I was the city director for the Philadelphia branch of Up to Us Sports, mm-hmm. which partners with uh, organizations that are doing youth development through yeah, like sports no, yeah, and like then nonprofit organizations. Yeah, yeah, different nonprofits, and then we we uh, like essentially provide like training, some kind of like logistical support and like professional mm-hmm. development for athletic coaches that are with these different organizations mm-hmm. engaging in sports-based youth development, helping them right. learn life skills through sports right. and beat the streets is the organization um, that you do your work with. Yeah. It's um, it's a youth wrestling organization, non-for-profit. And um, yeah, it's like we, and like we have a, uh, we have a mentoring center um, in university city uh, right off of Penn's campus. And um what we do is like we it's it's like a safe haven mm-hmm. for like inner city kids. Yeah, it's yeah. like they come here after school, they do their homework, we mentor them on wrestling and, and just life in general. Yeah, it's like yeah. we try to put them on a good path. Mm-hmm. It's like we um you know, like they look on the news, like they see like this about black or Latino kids, mm-hmm. they see that about yep. black or Latino kids yep. and like the pretty much like life's tra- trajectory says that like they are like on a downward spiral exactly like, yeah. because of who they are, what yeah. they look like and like where they live. Yeah. And so, um, we yeah, try it's, to, it's almost destiny. And at, yeah. be- at best they can maybe hope to be like a really good single dad right. or, you know, or single, yeah. you know, mom or parent exactly. who's working like three jobs. Yeah. And so like we, we try to, um, and like actually some of our kids have gone on to uh, wrestle at like Penn mm-hmm. or Drexel yeah. and like, like get really good educations yeah. and like, you know, like they're on like a really good like path of life. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's like we try to we try to like like give them like confidence about mm-hmm. themselves. Um, you know, like uh I it was kinda 
it was awesome. Like uh, I, I put this on my Instagram um, where like uh, the other night, uh, one of our kids uh, had like a project due and like, ev- like all the, like the mentors and like the, the, the kids, the col- or, uh, high school kids, like we all like came together and like yeah. helped him with like his group project. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's like, even though like a lot of the kids there, like they wrestle at like Belmont or central or Overbrook um, or NBA. And it's like, they all, like they're really close. It's, it's mm-hmm. like like family oriented. It's mm-hmm. like all the kids are like really close. Yeah. And so, um, and what I do, um, like I used to coach at the uh, the Pal Center, the Police Athletic Center okay. up in North Philly. Okay. Um, or actually, uh, I think it's like Port Richmond technically. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they kind of moved me up to where like now, like I am like the manager of like the mentoring center. Oh, nice. And so, like, yeah. Um, yeah. So like I'm usually there between like one o'clock to like we close around like eight eight thirty mm-hmm. and so um like we provide the kids with like uh snacks we provide them with computers we provide them with uh like uh, um like stuff to do their homework with like yeah. um like notebooks uh pencils and backpacks and everything like we um we have donors who like uh donate like uh backpacks and um like wrestling shoot like mm, wrestling mm-hmm. gear yeah. for them yeah um and like because like we know like a lot of the kids are like very unfortunate and, like yeah. they can't afford like yeah. stuff like that and so yeah. like we we provide it for them um and it's all free of charge yeah it's, it's all obviously all free um um and like we just try to like give back to like right. the community Absolutely. Uh, a lot of the guys who um you know, like the um, executive director and like a lot of the guys who work for the Beat the Streets now, like uh, grew up in mm, Beat the mm-hmm. Streets. Like they, yeah. they're all like Philly kids who like uh, wrestled yeah. and like um, uh, Beat the Streets is a, a club team. And so like they all wrestled for Beat the Streets as a club team. Awesome. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just really a remarkable organization to be a part. Like I'm really like thankful to be a part of it. Like it, it's really, it's really like life-changing yeah um as far as like we're trying to develop uh what we call the philly wrestling ecosystem where um like uh, beat the streets uh the rtc uh penn and drexel the two universities like we all like come together like we all come together we train together um and uh just the other day we uh we were actually at uh uh, Kyle Snyder, Olympic gold medalist. He uh, he has an apartment here in the city. Um, and like uh, the Drexel coaches were there, the Penn coaches were there, uh, some of the Beat the Streets coaches were there. Um, and like it, w- it's just like a really beautiful thing to yeah. see. And um, yeah, I'm just like so blessed and thankful to be a part of it. It's yeah. Like when I um when I first started training, uh, I was on my own. Like I um like I was training by myself and like I wasn't successful, but, um, the way that I got hooked up with the RTC is that, um, and what does RTC stand for? Uh, regional training center. So basically every, um, division one wrestling university, uh, every, every division one, uh, university that has a wrestling program, um, serves as, as an RTC, a regional training center. Uh, like they have, um, like resident athletes, like guys who want to like, go to the worlds the olympics like mm-hmm. senior level athletes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so you know like uh, nebraska has one oklahoma state penn state so um but so the rtc here in philly the uh philadelphia R- rtc um they have two colleges like uh penn and drexel which is like a block away from each other which is like really an advantage yeah um i think new jersey is like the only one that does the same um 
the recent New Jersey RTC, like they have um, uh, Princeton and Rutgers who mm, come mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. as an RTC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the way I got hooked up with that is like um, I just so happened to be at a tournament in New York City. I think it was I think it was like twenty at the end of twenty sixteen, um, and the RT the Pennsylvania RTC guys who were there. It's like I um, uh, introduced myself to them. Like we were all in line at weigh-ins, yeah. and like I introduced myself to them. And my dad actually had car. So like my dad was my coach, and like, like I didn't have like yeah. a like a um, like organic or like I didn't have like a. a actual coach but yeah my dad would just in my sure. corner yeah and so um and um uh actually uh chase pammy uh who's retired now but was uh like he he's actually the assistant coach of pan and the rtc now okay um but like he did wrestle for the rtc um uh he cornered me for one of my matches because my dad was having car trouble and like he couldn't mm, make mm-hmm. it up um and uh chase actually cornered me um actually the first guy i introduced myself to was bj Futrell. i was like literally standing right behind him in line at weigh-ins and um i think uh rich perry was in uh was in front of him it's like i was like hey like i'm tony like i i live close to you guys like i'd love to come train with you if i could um and then like a couple weeks or months later like uh chase like um i think he either like called me or like emailed me or something like that but yes like we all touch base and like um and like they ran it past slay that like you know like i'm a senior level guy who Mm, wants mm -hmm. to go to the olympics and like i live close and like i'd love to come train with you guys if i could and at the time the rtc was like still like kind of on like it's like building level like they're still like kind of trying to build it up um they're like yeah sure it's like well we'd love to have like different like looks like different uh partners come mm, in for mm-hmm. the guys i was so i started out as being like just like a body in the room yeah, it's like yeah. somebody different for the guys to go with yeah but then like you know like they saw that i was like really dedicated mm, and like i mm-hmm. uh took the train in every day it's like dude like i'm here every day i work my butt off and like you know the coaches looked at that and they was like wow like he's like actually like like he actually yeah. wants to be yeah. here. He actually wants to do this. Like this yeah. isn't just like some like pipe dream that mm-hmm. he's chasing. That like after like a, a few months of like being unsuccessful, that he's gonna quit. Like, right. it's like I'm I'm not right. I'm not gonna quit. Yeah. Like I'm still here. Yeah. And so like I've um you know like really developed like a presence in like Penn and Drexel and the RTC and like Philadelphia in general, like the wrestling yeah. community. Um, and you know just like it's really been like really like life changing. Yeah. And so like, I'm really like really glad that it happened. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you can, you can see and hear the, the passion coming from you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the people yeah. that are listening can't tell this because they're listening and not, mm-hmm. you know, but you have, you, you have a very huge <laughs> smile on yeah. your face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and just your, your whole body language, like, right. yeah, it's all very like open and receptive. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, and I, I think, um, you know, just the, at least in my life, the, the times when I've really been happiest is when mm-hmm. I'm really doubling down on the things that matter, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it, really engaging in meaningful relationships with people, right. you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, be, being good to, you know, being good to friends and family, you mm-hmm. know, and really placing a high premium on having affirming people in my circle and you know not having a premium on having the toxic people in Mm -hmm. in my circle yeah and then also 
you know, per- pursuing the things that are, you know, like you're really passionate about the things yeah. that, that really energize you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, we just have a couple of minutes left. So I, so thank you again for, you know, sharing all of that. Yeah, no you problem. Know, I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And one of the things that I like about it, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is, uh, you know, aside from talking about the art and, you know, just like, you know, the white influences and sort of like, you know, the cross-cultural influences and things mm-hmm. like that is really just opening up a space for for people to have like deep, you know, meaningful conversations with each yeah. other. And particularly for black people, because, you know, as I'm sure, you know, mental health is really stigmatized in mm-hmm. American society in general, mm-hmm. I think, particularly in a lot of black communities. These yeah. things are changing, yeah. but like. I think they need to change quicker. And I think that a lot of it is really just stems from the fact that like, it's just considered weird for us just to like talk to each other and share mm-hmm. our vulnerabilities and just be right. like, Oh yeah. Like this is crazy stuff that I'm going through mm-hmm. um, or not, you know, not crazy, but like, you know, like these are, these are the challenges that I'm dealing with. So I, I appreciate you, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah, being so candid and, uh, and honest. Um, I, I had a couple more questions cause this is something that I'm always just curious about mm-hmm. with, um, particularly with black people that are looking to create their own work, mm-hmm. especially in the world of film. So with how you think about things right now, are you interested in making racially specific work? Like even if it's not about like racial tension mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean like, are you interested in making characters that are overtly black or are you not interested in doing that? Or are you somewhere in between? Um, or is it like on a project by project yeah, basis? Like, yeah, it's it's like I am and I'm not. Yeah, it, it's like a project by project basis. Mm-hmm. It's where like a, it's like honestly, like me personally, like I I really don't care. It's mm-hmm. like like I see all the time where you know they're like oh like women aren't represented in film or black people aren't represented well in film or like LGB. TQ plus mm-hmm. community isn't represented. I'm like, dude, make your own shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like I, like I, I know for a fact nobody can tell my story better than me. Absolutely. So why would I not make my own story? Yeah. So it's like when I'm, I'm gonna make films that are from my own perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's like, dude, like I, I don't. And it's like I look at like the Oscars and like you know like a lot of like black people don't really win Oscars and like, honestly, I really don't care. Yeah. So it's like that, Same like that's me. none of my business. Like, yeah, I, like I'm going to make movies like, because I have, like I said, I have a passion for right. it. It's like, I don't really care if like I win an award or not. Yeah. It's like, I don't. And honestly with like my philosophy is I don't really believe in empowering an entire group mm-hmm. because dude, like there are bad eggs and, uh, like there's yeah. a rotten apple in all bunches. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, and you know, like what? What if like we empower this group and uh, somebody in that group like becomes the next like Hitler? Yeah, or something like that. And yeah. so I'm more like individuals. Like mm-hmm. I, like there's there are people like there are people from all walks of life who have something to bring to the table. Absolutely. And it's like I, I feel like people from all walks of life like no matter your religion where you're from uh, where you look like um it's like there are good people like everywhere mm-hmm. and like there are also bad people everywhere yeah. and so like you know like as far as like um and also you know like i i kind of feel like um 
you like life is like kind of like chess where like certain people are good at certain things. Yes. Where like you know, on a chessboard, it's like like this piece can only do this. Right. And like and and it's like I kind of look at um like society as kind of like a football team mm, where like mm-hmm. like people need to play their part. Right. It's yeah. Like okay, like like this person is good at this. They need to do just that. Yeah. And like we live in a society now where like everything is mixed mm-hmm. and like every everybody tries to it's like they like oh like single parents like oh i have to be the mom and the dad or like um mixed martial arts like you have to be good at striking and grappling yeah. or and it's like you know everybody's just trying to do everything at once and yeah. like it's kind of like sometimes it gets like out of control or frustrating and um and you know like that that's, that's not to say um uh, if people who are listening are thinking that oh i'm I'm saying that like oh a man should do this a woman should do that like no do whatever you want i'm mm-hmm. just saying what i'm saying is that you know like in order for you know like i said a football team in order for them to be successful like everybody has to do their job like, right like the offensive line has to do their job mm-hmm. like the corners have to do mm-hmm. their job the quarterback mm-hmm. has to do his mm-hmm. job receiver has to run his routes yeah. do his job and if you don't no, if, if a receiver, you know, okay, if a coach tells him to run 10 yards and slant left, yeah, if he just runs a Hail Mary right. route, yeah. then like the, screws up the play, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, just I don't know, dude. Honestly, what I think is that we're all on this planet. None of us have a fucking clue what we're doing. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like we have, yeah. like, like, Joker said in Dark Knight that only way to live in this life is without rules. And mm. so, like, honestly, I don't believe that there are rules in life at all. Right. It's like we're, we all have free will. We can do whatever we want. And like, we all, all we have in life are morals and guidelines. Yeah. Like, we, you, know, you can smoke weed in the middle of the city if you want, but like, as far as like guidelines, like you're gonna go to jail for yeah. it. So, yeah, there's consequences. <laughs> right, but do it if you want. Uh, but you have free will to do it. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, and so, but yeah, and I've, I've, and in, in in the last, I don't know if it's just like there's been something in the air in the last like two months, but I've seen a ton of people of many different socioeconomic and racial mm-hmm. demographics just like smoking weed in public yeah. in like different parks yeah. and like I don't know, yeah. no one seems to yeah. care. So, yeah. so you can. I feel like you can do it in the middle of Center City now, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not yeah. much is going to happen. I'm being sarcastic, but yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, but it, I mean, it's just I don't know, dude. It's like um, it's like I I don't really try to figure it out anymore. I just like let it. I just let the current like just go, man. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. Just try to. I mean, it's like I try to go with the flow, but at the same time, I don't. I don't know, man. It, it's just weird. Like I don't. I know for a fact that, you know, like they say that. A wise man knows himself to be a fool, but a fool thinks himself to be wise. Yeah. Like I, dude, I know I'm an idiot. I know I don't know shit. Man. <laughs> like, I, like I admit that. Like, um, dude, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. But I mean, like I just like as far as like wrestling and everything and like filmmaking and everything, like it's I don't know. It's just like like I am like drawn to it, so like yeah. I just do it. But honestly, in life in general, it's like you know, like I don't. I just don't try to like, I I try not to like think too much of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have found for me that, so I, I, I think a couple things, I think one, 
it definitely depends on like you know where the what phase you are in life because Mm -hmm. and i think it's also a matter of like what feels right to you Mm -hmm. and like and and what feels productive because for me at the point where i am and it's not even necessarily a matter of age i think of it more as a matter of well like these are the things that i definitely want to do in my career and you know i mean Mm -hmm. i have to be mindful of i have a son yeah that i'm I'm you know my wife and i are are working to raise in a particular way so so there's a there's a fair amount of like forethought and intention Mm -hmm. that we put into that with the realization of like oh well we we can do these things and it actually might not work the way we yeah. want it to. He could rebel against them. Mm-hmm. He could be pissed off that we do it. He could wish yeah. that we did less, that we did more. Mm. And it, that's kind of a crapshoot. But I say all of that to say that, um, you know, um, I've definitely, one of the best things that has, one of the best realizations I've made in my life is that I always try to be mindful of sort you know, seeking out wise counsel of people that know more than me and have experienced more than me and have more context so that even if they can't necessarily vocally articulate why they did something and, and mm-hmm. why something worked out and how they didn't, I can at least see how they live their life and be like, mm-hmm. okay, when they do these things, it works out. When they do these yeah. things, it, it that, that, you know, doesn't work out. And I do yeah. think that there is a certain element of at least for me being 40, being married, having a son, Mm -hmm. looking to do certain things in my career, I'm much more intentional of looking back on my life and analyzing like, okay, so when I, when I did these things, this is the result that I got. When I did Mm -hmm. these things, this is the result that I got. Yeah. What were the variables that affected all these different outcomes? Cause then that enables me to make more informed decisions Mm -hmm. moving forward, but also with the realization of like, yeah, okay. Like I could do this and, it could not work out or I may not want to do it. Like, you yeah. know, I tell people that I would want to do this podcast for like five or seven years. Mm-hmm. I could do it for another six months and then be like, okay, yeah, I've actually accomplished everything that I wanted to. I mm-hmm. thought I wanted to monetize it and have it be my income, but no, I just wanted to like talk to 30 people. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm at peace with, with all of that. But, um, mm-hmm. but I, I've definitely learned a couple of things like one. Yeah. Most pretty much everyone at, Everyone is a complete novice at something like mm-hmm. there's just certain things that's right. like, I don't know what the hell a yeah. lot of people that like I've talked to in pretty much every line of work that I've been in. It's like, yeah, you don't necessarily know more than I do. Mm-hmm. Like you don't necessarily know less, but like you're not yeah. the expert. And exactly. there are a lot of people who pretend themselves to, you know, they pretend to be experts or there are people who are like, this person really knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like, they're just really loud with what they say, <laughs> yeah. but like, Nah, they don't know more than you. Like, and not to not to say anything against them. It's like they're not yeah. necessarily bad people. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I yeah, I think that when you um getting to that understanding is uh is a good thing. All right, so we got like three minutes left. So I just want I want to ask a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. So first, again, yeah, I you know I want to thank you for uh for coming into the studio, ch- mm-hmm. you know, chatting with me, being very honest, and just. Yeah. super transparent about a lot of challenges in your life. I, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really think that the people that are listening to this will, um, the, there are a lot of good takeaways. There's a lot of things that you've said mm-hmm. that like, you know, I think, um, will really positively impact people. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I want to thank you just for the work that you're doing with, um, with beat the streets, with up to us, yeah. 
uh, you know, really, in, you know, engaging with young people, you know, particularly mm-hmm. black and brown young people who have a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and, you know, and particularly, uh, you know, for you as someone who hasn't necessarily had the easiest go in life, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, to like really use that as fuel to help make people's lives better and not, right. you know, just sort of be bitter and in, you know, in victim mentality, I think is a powerful thing. So right. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm just wondering, like, um, so who are your three favorite comic book characters? Um, comic book character, like, as regards to, like, comic book character in general or, like, superhero or villain? And however you want to answer that. Okay. So, I mean, um, so, so if Alfred is like your, one of your favorite characters, okay. um, you know, yeah. So you don't have to limit it to superheroes or villains, you know, okay. could be chief um, Gordon could be, uh, yeah, I'd, oh man, top three. Yeah. That's a tough one. Um, right. Well, well obviously Joker's yeah. okay. like probably Joker. Oh, actually, I don't know if he'd be number one. I'd say like Batman and Joker are probably top two. Okay. Like they, they would probably flip flop depending on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha, but, gotcha. Um, number three, uh, well, I'd probably have to go with probably Iron Man. Okay, three. solid. So, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah cause I, and I even remember, because I think it was at, um, when it was at Institute, so for people that are listening who don't know what when we say Institute or CTI, Coach Training Institute, that is the, literally the coach training institute is the training that uh people who are up to us sports coaches go through Mm -hmm. we do it in august so that's what we've been talking about when we talk about institute yeah it's like it's it's like a training course where like they um they have like different coaches who are going to be and up to us they like have us come in like they give us a hotel room and we have a uh, schedule where like we have um like a class in the morning and then you know like we have lunch then we have like class in the day then we have like dinner and then like yeah it's like a it's it's a training course pretty yeah. much but it's like super intensive where it's yeah. like eight hours oh yeah like eight of hours training yeah. with lunch in the middle yeah. and then like breakfast beforehand dinner yeah. afterwards yeah, yeah. and like lots of bonding so yeah. so yeah when we say cti or institute but um but yeah i but i remember yeah when you like you had like the tony stark name tag or, yeah so like my yeah uh, and i and i was i'm like i don't think that's his i'm like <laughs> no. i'm like i know tony is his first name <laughs> yeah like i don't stark think that's his last actual name. last name but i didn't want to be like hey are you an iron man no like, and then you'd be like no it's my actual name <laughs> no like um yeah it's like i i actually got that a lot when i was yeah. there it's like like is stark really your last yeah. name? like no it's not yeah like my um, <laughs> like my uh, uh like all of my friends like my uh friends at I like Penn and Drexel and the arts like they call me Tony Stark. Nice, but, nice. Um, yeah, it's like um, so. My Instagram and Twitter is um, at Tony Stark seventy kg underscore. And so like seventy uh, kg comes from um, my weight class. Like okay. Uh, so like awesome. during the um, World's years, which is like um, every year the like the Olympics is not so like. Um, like 2017, 18, and 19 are world's years. 2016 and 2020, obviously, are Olympic right, years. Right, yeah. And so, like, during world's years, there are 10 weight classes mm-hmm. in freestyle wrestling. Um, during Olympic years, there's only six. Gotcha. So, um, during world's years, I wrestle at 70, K, uh, 70 kilos, which is uh, 154 pounds. Um, during Olympic years, I wrestle at 65 kilos, which is 143 pounds. Okay. 
So um, hey, actually, uh, when I when I, in twenty sixteen when I first had uh, my um, well actually twenty fifteen when I first um, redid my uh, Instagram, like I did it as a bad boy sixty five. Okay. So, yeah. So um, and like uh, I chose bad boy because like um, and I kind of feel that like in life, you know, like I could kind of do whatever I like. When we look at like bad boys and. Uh, like movies is like it's pretty much like kind of an an outcast who like mm-hmm. does whatever he wants, yeah. and so I kind of feel like once I get in the film industry, I'm gonna be like kind of a bad boy. Like okay. I, I won't follow like yeah. the, the like strict like rules of yeah. the film industry. I'm just gonna do whatever I want, put yeah. out whatever content that I want. I don't You're gonna care. chart your own path. Yes, yeah, like I, I don't care what they say about yeah. it, and um, and so that's where like not bad boy as far as you know like I like smoke with like a leather jacket on right yeah 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 you're yeah you're not going to be like throwing a brick in an old man's (laughs) face but yeah you're 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 not necessarily you're you're not going to adhere to arbitrary Mm -hmm. uh rules and and standards that like some some person just made up as like oh a director has to make this type of film. Yeah, exactly. You have to so, if you're this age, you have to do this yes, thing. Yes, I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah, you're you're going to you're you're going to you're going to follow the path that you find empowering right. and 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 energizing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So 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 uh so we've got top so so we know where to to fi- to find you on on the Instagram. You know, we we know what you mean when you say like when you refer to yourself as a bad boy, you're not mm-hmm. flouting society's rules. You're more just like, you know, yeah. ch- Ch- challenging assumptions and conventions yeah. and also um one more thing it's like when i say I-, I always try to tell people that you can do whatever you want but keep in mind that so can everyone else mm-hmm. yes so absolutely you know, like if you want to you know like like go down the street and like randomly like punch a person mm-hmm. like don't be surprised if you get your ass kicked out yeah, absolutely like you can do whatever you want yes. but like he he, if he wants to retaliate, then right. that's like he can either like turn the other cheek and just say like that I didn't like that, right. but I'm not gonna stoop to your level. Mm-hmm. Like he can do that, and like or he can punch you back. Punch you back. It's like he like he has the freedom to do whatever he wants yeah. too. Yeah. So it's like you can do whatever you want in this world, but mm-hmm. so can everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- ba- basic law of, of physics and science. Every yeah, so action that's, has equal that's where and that whole reaction. Yeah. That's where that whole like treat people treat people the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. thing comes in it's like oh when, yeah yeah it's like when i was a kid i was like eh, whatever like now that i'm an adult it's like ah there's, there's yeah some, oh yeah some truth to it yeah there's there's a lot of truth to <laughs> yeah. it a lot of truth to it yeah. um okay so we got uh batman joker tony stark top three you mm-hmm. know uh top three comic book uh characters that you're really into mm-hmm. what are the uh Either like top three or just like you know three three super wonderful romantic comedies that you uh, you know that you enjoy because I feel like you said mm-hmm. Valentine's Day and, and New Year's. Well, Eve. they're not my favorites, okay. but um, yes, as far as romantic comedies, um, oh man, uh, yes, it's like I, I don't know why my brain is like I, I haven't eaten today. That's probably yeah, that but, that might be it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, yes, um, hmm. Yeah, I could, I could probably give you my three favorite like musicians if that is better. Okay, yeah, what, um, whatever works for you. Okay, um, and in no particular order, but yeah, it kind of depends on how I'm feeling. Um, my three favorite artists are probably J. Cole, Chris Brown, and Meek Mill. Okay, my three favorite okay. artists. Um, but yeah, it's just like the one of. Uh, 
if you haven't heard this, you probably haven't heard this song, but one of my favorite J. Cole songs is called High for Hours. High like, for Hours? Yeah, you, like you people have got to listen to that song. It's awesome. Like, because it's a, it's like conscious rap. Okay. It's like yeah. he's talking about like actual issues and like hypocrisy mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. It's where, um, and like he's talking about, you know, like, uh, like human nature and, and like just like the downward spiral of like corruption mm-hmm. and like the government. Like yeah. it, it's a great song to listen to. Nice. Nice. Um, do you like J. Cole more than Kendrick Lamar? I do. Okay. Yes. Yeah, like. If you would have asked me this in 2015, I would have said the opposite. Gotcha. I would have said I like Kendrick better. But now in 2019, I prefer J. Cole. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love Kendrick too. Like him and J. Cole were like really like, you know, people say they're like the Tupac and Biggie of our mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of agree with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, honestly, I thought, um, uh, j cole's album for your eyes only i kind of like that one better than kendrick's damn album okay but as far as um uh, to pimp a butterfly and um forest hills drive um uh, i kind of thought that to pimp a butterfly was better okay but i mean i like i love them both equally but like if i had to choose then yeah, I'd probably pick To Pimp a Butterfly and um, J. Cole's album, For Your Eyes Only. Okay, so. okay. Well, if you if you ever have a chance to meet my wife, I'll <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll have you discuss that yeah. with her because she she loves them both. I think she she likes. I think that she thinks that Kendrick is better, like overall, just like as an artist, as a mm-hmm. lyricist, you know, as a as a performer. Well, I feel like yeah, I feel like Kendrick is just pushed more in the media. He like, is, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's like he, the he's biggest. Cap- yeah, he's captured the zeitgeist, you know, and he's. Yeah. I think a part of it was. I think a part of it is just like the 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 way that he, the narrative around him, you know, like with him being from Compton, but really mm-hmm. being the antithesis of gangster rap and mm-hmm. and really like engaging in like sort of deep social analysis of his community, mm-hmm. um, you know, through the music. And like, you know, the music is good, but like I think all of that was very captivating. And then like, yeah. you know, he got all the Grammy nominations. Mm-hmm. So like he he's really captured the public consciousness. And yeah. I think that there is sort of like an element of you know he he is the woke rapper that like everyone yeah. is talking about yeah, yeah. and then it just sort of like fed off of itself mm-hmm. in a way that j cole hasn't because mm-hmm. i only know about either of them initially because of my wife because i mean mm-hmm. she pretty much only listens to rap and r&b so any <laughs> nice. rap that is happening yeah, now yeah. like i mean unless it's kanye doing a kanye thing like i don't <laughs> i don't know about it so like i first heard um uh, what's the Kendrick album like Good Kid Mad City or yeah. whatever like I yeah, yeah. heard that like you know my wife and I were on a road trip together mm-hmm. but like the, I I never hear about J. Cole unless I'm mm-hmm. like talking to people who actually listen to rap yeah yeah so um, but I I mean I feel like if I'm understanding my wife correctly I think that she thinks that like she's more likely to put like a J Cole song on like, like if it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, like, you know, let's sort of unwind and relax and like listen to some music. Mm -hmm. She's not going to put on Kendrick. Cause like Kendrick is just like so serious. And like the music is so like, uh, 
uh, like percussive and abrasive, not mm-hmm. in a bad way, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. it. Every time I listen to any of his music, I feel like I'm like listening to a college lecture. So like it's, I'm like it's <laughs> yeah. super good, but I'm like mm, at seven o'clock at night, I, <laughs> yeah. this is like a little Kinda too smart for me. Like I, I gotta turn my brain off. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll you know yeah you you and you and her can can discuss you know the the Kendrick versus J Cole yeah. uh uh you know feelings and and uh you know we'll see what she thinks. Yeah, but honestly, yes, it's just like a. It's like apples and oranges. Like, yeah. Like they're they're very good at what they do individually. Like mm-hmm. they're they're very similar, but yeah. it's like they're like their own artists. Like yeah. I feel like they're both in their own lane. Oh, uh, so. yeah, very very much so. And and yeah. I, you know, I think that this is a thing that happens, and I think a lot of black people do this mm-hmm. to other black people, but especially when it comes to to black art, it's like people kind of lose their minds if like multiple people are doing stuff and it's Mm -hmm. like because even if you look at like a any particular genre so even if you look at you know quote-unquote conscious rap it's Mm -hmm. like well within that you can have a million different subgenres. so like is it conscious about just overall black identity is it Mm -hmm. conscious about toxic masculinity is it conscious about pan-africanism is it conscious Mm -hmm. about uh you know lgbtq plus concerns is it conscious about being a feminist either mm-hmm. like if, you know if someone is a woman or a person who identifies as a woman yeah. or it's a male ally and like with white artists white artists are able to be like super niche and like mm-hmm. you know there's a bazillion indie white films you know like you've got tarantino and you've got wes anderson and you've got kevin smith and you've got like all of this like subgenre of subgenre of subgenre mm-hmm. of subgenre and everything's cool and then with black people it's just mm-hmm. like well like what are we gonna do we have j cole and we have kendrick lamar and then we have yeah. this person who did a conscious song it's like well i don't know there's like billions yeah. of people on the planet like yeah i feel like can't 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 they all be they should all yeah. be able to be themselves and yeah. i think sometimes people like kind of put yeah. them together yeah and not so put them like, together and people even well, sort of like lose their other, yeah. yeah like people lose their minds because you know they're like well um this person isn't really this thing because mm-hmm. they have this song too and it's like well i mean even public enemy had like yeah. party songs yeah, and right? like yeah. you know kid rock has like a few kind of serious songs i guess yeah, but so like, it, dude, yeah. like even like the most lyrical like hardcore like new york rapper rappers have like like songs that you can play in the club. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, but you know, like, uh, I kind of, he- I heard that like, uh, these are not my words, but, um, you know, someone say that like that kind of stems from like, like a slavery mindset. Yeah. Where like you, like we understand as black people, like we only have so many spots mm-hmm. to that we can fill. Yeah. So we have to like battle each other to yeah. like, kind of like get that spot. Absolutely. But, um, it's like I I don't really think like that. Yeah. I just you know, I don't really care. Yeah, no, that's that that is that is great. Yeah, that um yeah, and that's that's what I'm hoping we get to, uh we get to a more of us get to that point, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I wanted to do uh, you know, uh this type of podcast because mm-hmm. you know, it's like I wanna talk about the things that, you know, I think are like super, super, super interesting yeah. to me and you know, I know that it will connect to some people with other people. It won't. Some people yeah. will sort of, you know, kind of will be like a take it or leave it. But I'm like, eh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's that's fine. fine. It's all fine. You know, uh, there, there, there's enough for everybody. Exactly. That, you know, that so. we can all win. All right. Final question um, for you. If there was 
something that you wanted to say uh, to a young person out there who is having mental health challenges mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, just n- not necessarily feeling at peace with who they are as a person, mm-hmm. what, um, what uh, you know, words of insight do you, do you have for them? Um, I would probably say, well, I mean, there's different ways of going about it. Um, you know, like you could, like, I mean, like they do have medication. They do have like natural remedies you could take. Like, um, you know, like people say that like marijuana, like medicinal marijuana Mm -hmm. is like better than like being on like prescription pills or whatever. But Honestly, I, I kind of feel like it's a case by case basis mm, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, it depends on the kid, really. Yeah. It's like, um, and like it depends depends on what they have and what they're going through. Um, well, is there is there sort of like a you know uh, a a general sort of guideline to life that you live by, you know, and and Not really. and like an an overall oh. philosophy that has um, helped helped you get to the point where you are in your life where you're very happy with things um i don't think so like um you know i'm you know like i said i come from a military family um i was involved in very strict disciplined uh sports um so like yeah like my discipline comes from just from like wrestling and like the military family i come from and like um you know, i kind of feel that you know, I can do anything that I set my mind to. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain where, um, if I did have to give like a general, you know, like spiel to anyone with mental illness, it's that, you know, obviously you're not the only person going through it, but you know, to some people that really doesn't help Mm -hmm. to say that. Um, but, you know, there is help out there. Yeah. It's like, there are plenty of ways to get help, but I don't know, man. It's, it's really, and like a lot of people who don't have mental illness, you know, like they, a lot of times they go about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, no, like I don't, I don't, I have no idea what to say to anyone else who has mental illness. Like I, I really don't. So, you know, even if I could say something to my younger self, it would be, um, you know, just like, honestly, I can admit that, like, I, I really don't know what to say. Hmm. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Like being, yeah. Like being real. It's like, I, you know, like we, you know, I could say like the whole bullshit that, you know, like, oh, you just need to talk to somebody or like to some people that doesn't work. Right. Like, I mean, to some people it does work, but mm-hmm. it really depends on the individual individual person Yeah, where, you know, like I could say one thing and like, it just like shatters their life. Mm-hmm. And, or I could say the same thing to another person and it helps them. Yeah. Or I could say the same thing to a, another person and it, it's neutral. Like it right. doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. help, but it doesn't hurt. But yeah. Like, honestly, you know, like I, I have no idea what to say. Hey, that's that that's like real. Being honest, yeah, yeah no, like I have yeah. no idea what to say. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 nothing if you're not honest, man. Right. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sometimes we um, yeah, we just don't know what to say. Yeah. And I yeah, I think that that's a 
that's a it's a very powerful uh it's a very powerful space and it actually takes a lot to be like i i don't know like i don't i (laughs) i don't yeah yeah it's like i I really have nothing for you like I, i really i mean i could give some advice but it's all you know like my personal experience mm-hmm. and like of course like a lot of people don't experience the same things that i do sure that's like a lot of people i'm not looking at life through your eyes yeah I'm only, and like you're not looking at life through my eyes right so it's like right. you know i could you know like i said it's like i could say something that could be like horrible advice mm-hmm. for you yeah yeah so no that's real that's real well tony thank you so much i appreciate this this was a uh this was a great conversation uh um, yeah yeah so yeah, I, I thought it was very, it was very, very powerful. I I think people will really take a lot from it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for you the uh, the listening audience home, uh, thank you so much for listening to this uh, installment of the Punk Rock Barber Shop. And uh, have a good day or night. I hope you find your story, and I hope you find your truth. <laughs>